from TMP to TTNG For sure the cure and those tired meme jeans Hella Kinsella and the promise ring Sunny day real estate and rights this spring Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie front drive. Mineral snowing high tide hotelier and more. Rio Limo only consists of the DC emotive hardcore. Episode 22, the final episode of the E-Word of 2018. This is Kyle. Oh, I thought you were about to just drop a bomb. No. no. Final <laughs> we have not been picked up for a mid-season replacement. <laughs> it's all oh, over. Actually, the, the overlords have canned us, and uh, we are being replaced by Claudio and uh, Elliot as the hosts of the E-Word. The fucked up thing is I'd listen to that podcast. Too. No, oh, for sure. I could not, like, not tune into it. Uh, this is Kyle recording here in Madison, Wisconsin. Ellie over there in Austin, Texas. Ellie, what's up? You know, hating my job. Um, loving this podcast. Maybe one day this podcast can become our jobs, Kyle. But... <laughs> and Patreon starts today. <laughs> uh, but let's get to our guest. We have a very special guest who I'm stoked about we have tyler from stars hollow tyler welcome Ayo. to the podcast hey i'm stoked to be here i've listened to like a lot of episodes and been like why can't that be me why am i not <laughs> the one they're paying attention to <laughs> and now you you fueled my ego you told me you wanted me and that's all i've ever needed tyler we want you <laughs> you know that's gonna get keep me going for at least like two more years that's that's all i need to hear <laughs> Uh, well, Stars Hollow, I'm assuming everyone tuning in has listened to it. Might even be in their top 10 of 2018. Um, I haven't. I have not listened to Stars Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, that's I know that's a lie because I listened to an episode and you said that you had finally listened to us and I was surprised. Huh. I was like, <laughs> I was like, huh, I didn't expect this because you said something nice too and I didn't expect that either. <laughs> so, what did what you, you think about... Okay, what yeah. do you think about Liam when, when Liam was like, I I listened to that one episode and I have to thank you because that's how I listened to Stars Hollow. <laughs> oh, the, and the what was it? The freshman class episode? Was that what he was talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was fucking cool, actually. Because that was the first episode I listened to, too. Because I was like, oh, maybe we're on there. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I thought like we that... tagged you, actually, on Twitter. I can't remember or not. We, Usually I kind of enter like into these that. things with... Yeah. I don't know. I always just kind of have this like childish like 
yearning that like oh maybe someone's talking about us somewhere and so yeah either way i listened and i was like okay let's see like where we land on this and i was like holy shit because it was like jetty bones and like i don't know hot mulligan and shit i think hot mulligan i don't know but i was just like oh this is tight and then yeah now i didn't even know that that was the first time liam had heard of us because i've known liam for a few months now in real life because we played with commander on tour when we were with charmer but uh I kind of assumed that he had just heard of us through, like, Ryland or something. Like, I didn't realize it was, like, a whole total stranger thing. But it was tight. I mean, and that's wild because, like, that means there's probably other people who had never heard of us who were like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And that episode was laid out really well, too. Thank you. Yeah. That's definitely my favorite one, I think, because it's just, like, I don't know. Like, I felt like we turned people on to bands, and it was fun to do. It was fun to talk about. And... I'm I'm like already thinking about like oh what's next you're gonna be but it's like I feel like those bands are like so in our face now that it's like what bands are gonna be in our face in like a few months from now you know yeah yeah it's hard uh, to gauge that stuff I don't know I think my I think my favorite episode might be uh one that we haven't done yet I think it's gonna be the one that we're doing with bleep you know <laughs> <laughs> I honestly have no oh, idea what, what you're talking about, but I think you're just memeing right now. No, that's the uh, it's the one we're doing with. I support I support the bleep. That's a good. I don't know. That keeps that keeps the long time listeners listening. You know, they For get sure. it. They get the joke. I think the first no time it ever got used, it's it was because I went on a very very long tangent about McCafferty, and how <laughs> just. Kyle just bleeped it for like 45 seconds. Uh, like he cut it later, obviously, but it was like a really long tangent. And I thought that was like the funniest fucking shit. No, my question, Tyler, is why, what did you think? Did you think I was going to not like your band? That we were going to not like your band? I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I knew Kyle did because of like an Instagram post about like favorite albums so far of the year or something. I don't know. You, Ellie, I think there's something. I I just thought that you would think we were, like, not cool. I don't know why exactly. You just seem like a harsher critic in my in my eyes. That is true. I'm mean. I'm the mean Which one. Which is, like, yeah, it's not. that's not a criticism. That's just, like, a trait, you know. It's not a bad thing whatsoever. But I, it's just one of those things where it's, like, if you know that someone is very, like, outspoken about how they feel about certain things, it's kind of, like makes you a little bit wary of what they're going to think of like your thing you know yeah I so, uh, so no, yeah. I love Stars Hollow I just wish you had more uh, breakdowns you know <laughs> in a perfect world we would have more breakdowns I went through a phase where I like started writing songs just like on a looper pedal where I would like play chuggy easy core breakdowns and then do like twinkly emo shit over the top of it oh that's it was, so sick <laughs> it was way better than anything Stars Hollow is ever going to put out but that's that's the problem it's too good i can't let people hear it so it's got to stay in the in the bedroom ah well um this episode is our end of the year episode we did one similar to this last year uh we're going to do our top 10 favorite albums of the year and that is not just emo records just to make that clear um and then we're going to do our best of um or the our emo style best of the year awards thing uh which is a post going up tomorrow i think ellie said um so yeah it's coming up on 15th yeah so those are like categories like emo artist of the year best emo album best emo artist uh best emo band to break up etc 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 um 
but we are going to do some normal stuff on top because some news has come out in like the past week between recording. We have a new American football record. We have William Bonney back and a lot of dispute and stuff. So we'll, we'll get to that after we do some quick follow-up to episode 21, which came out five days ago. So I don't really know what you want to talk about, but I heard Easy Core was on the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, can we talk about Easy Core? I want to talk about Easy Core. I always want to. Yeah, Tyler, let's talk about Easy Core. Um, you ever listen to Kid Liberty? A little bit. I dabble. I was a big me versus hero fan, and so oh, okay. I just uh, I like by just like association of listening to me versus hero. I ended up listening to Kid Liberty at you know a few random points, but I wasn't like a fan of Kid Liberty. But yeah. Kid Liberty like, was tight. You like hit the lights. Hit the lights have such fucking good riffs. Oh my god, and their guitar tones are so like thick. It just yes. sounds like sounds like you're listening to a beatdown band, except like they're just happy. And it's the best shit ever. As, Our, as Fort Strong would say, beat down in the key of happy. In the yeah. Key of ha- hell yeah. That's you. You speak my language. This is just <laughs> good. This is fantastic. This is great. I think hit the lights are like number one on my list of bands that definitely should have been way bigger than they were. I feel like yeah. ever got a fair shot. You know, yeah, they, they were, were like, like opened on some underrated. big tours, but um, with the punches too. I think with the punches, I I throw in that same. Yeah, with the punches were super, super cool. We, uh, my old band, I used to be in this pop punk band called Survival Soundtrack, which is like the worst name ever. But we were, oh, we, were, like, we, were we were pretty good. <laughs> but we played with, uh, with the punches a couple times, and they were like the nicest people. And they were just like, at the time, they were kind of like, I don't know, they weren't as easy core as they were at one point. I guess is the way I would say that. But they were just like such nice people, and it was like in the tail end of my easy core phase. So I was like geeking so hard the whole time we played with them. But uh, okay, deep cut easy core time. Did you ever listen to Fight Fair? Yes, absolutely. Okay, all right. Uh, the singer of Fight Fair, Alex Alex Bigman, is like one of my favorite people in the world. Like really good friend. Um, and he coined the term scrams for anyone listening who's unaware. Really. Um, yeah yeah that's made incredible <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's so much like clout in one like ball it's like a clout ball just like i know <laughs> this easy Great. core clout and, and scrams clout just all in one it's crazy well i like i literally remember like because it wasn't scrams at first it was uh scramo s-k-r-a-m-o uh and i saw him use it on like live journal and then later oh, that's a wild sentence yeah and then later, it was like 2007 on cross my heart with a knife uh that forum we all we all were just like bantering about and it just became scrams so i like to feel like i have a small part in helping create that word but not really <laughs> you're you're a little piece of history that's that's magical yeah uh, i think i think rylan on the last episode talked about can't bear this party Mm-hmm. And that's that's like one of my favorites because Song of Sirens has the most badass breakdown at the end because it's just like that music box and then it's just like it's I'd it's go beautiful. off for that it's it is it really is beautiful. Did you just, uh, did you ever listen to Lakeview? I don't think so. Like okay, they're like easy core mixed with crab core. Okay, like... that's that's perfect. If that's like adding me versus hero to attack attack. That's like everything. I've oh yes, that's literally exactly what I was about to say. 
this is my dream come true. What the hell? What are they called? Lakeview? Lakeview. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna I don't write think, that down because I'm gonna. I don't think they're on Spotify. I don't think their records are on Spotify. There's like another band on Spotify. I'm actually, I dig FM. on YouTube. Last yeah. FM. Holy. And shit. Uh, they're under the, they're under the Easy Core artist tag. I just scrolled yeah, past that's, them. That's that's tight. They only have and three. three they have less than three point five thousand listeners. Yeah, I'm I'm Lakeview Elite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. It's cool. And any discussion of Easycore is incomplete without talking about, in my opinion, the always unsung gods of Easycore, which is City Lights. Oh, whole, oh, let me tell you, I listened to City Lights when they put that EP out before <laughs> um, their full length. The one before In It to Win It. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they were on tour with the Dangerous Summer, and they came through Des Moines, and like I had to get there early to make sure that I caught City Lights, and I was like singing my fucking heart out to uh, just in case. Yeah. And, and what's his name? Oshi, the the vocalist, kept looking at me like fucking shocked <laughs> that anyone same, knew same any Ashi, of their actually. songs. Ashi. Okay. That's. Yeah. That I always thought it was like Yoshi, like from Mario. So that's that's actually good to know. It's Ashi. Good to know. Yeah. No, um, I only know that because we have like uh, I actually have like a weird amount of mutual friends with City Lights. You um, have so much easy core clout at this point. It's just <laughs> I don't know how you handle it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I always thought it was fucking wild that Cam and Ashi from City Lights just like became Beartooth too, um, like. To, like, like it makes very little sense, uh, but it also <laughs> makes all the sense because you know they're they were all like high schoolers at the same time and yeah, that's West, true. West, Westerville, Wester Westerberg or Westerville, some bullshit town in Ohio, um, somewhere uh, where there's nothing better to do than to be in Beartooth or City Lights, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Caleb Caleb Shomo is also an incredibly nice person. I met him once or twice. He he seems like, like he would be. You can't be that good at synth and vocals and everything else and not be a nice person. I feel like like yeah, he should be. He should be like writing songs for like Demi Lovato, but instead he's like doing every time I die songs with Demi Lovato choruses and Beartooth. So I think that's cool. Yeah, that's the that's a good middle ground, honestly. I have a question about Easy Core as like an outsider to this whole thing because I was never <laughs> into it, but like. Um, were people aware of it being easy core when it was happening or was it just like all pop punk well there was definitely like this sense that oh these are these are people who are mixing in major key breakdowns like yeah. because newfound glory like started using that word back in like 02 like it's a very old term but in 2008 it like really started blowing up cuz they did that that easy core tour with the wonder years and a day to remember, and I think four years strong. Oh wow! I think that was that tour. And yeah. it, and it, and it was it like known as the Easy Core tour. Yeah, that's what they called it. They called wow. it the Easy Core tour. Okay, so it, it, yeah. that's like hyper. See, yeah, that's like hyper awareness. That's I don't know. Like I was in like a local Easy Core band. Like probably when I was like sixteen, I was in an Easy Core band. But I don't think we ever like sat down and were like, oh, we're Easy Core. Like I I don't know. Like, I think we were just trying to play pop punk with breakdowns. And I was, it was to the point where we were so, like, unaware that, like, we didn't think of how stupid it would be to, like, play those songs with certain artists. Yeah. Like, oh, I just remembered, actually, it was not Four Year Strong on that tour. It was Set Your Goals. 
oh. which is equally equally amazing honestly yeah i'd argue i'd argue they like invented easy core so i uh I, my my last little factoid about easy core it, this like lines up with my my emo life too is my old easy core band played an acoustic living room show and it was with mansions and intuit over it Ooh. oh fuck and we and we played easy core songs with chugging breakdowns to open up for those two bands and at no point did we think that it was not a good idea like the whole time we were like this is gonna be sick and then then it was kind of sick but i don't think i don't think mansions or intuit over it thought it was very sick so that's how that's how it goes and now here i am today so that's my i mean i think evan weiss might have been into it because he he's friends with the wonder years and the wonder years were like an actual easy core band in the early that's days. true yeah get stoked on it yeah the good the good days my boy captain crunch i know he never do me like that <laughs> what a band what what Gotta a goddamn band punched homie uh, tyler you might be interested in this piece i did for no echo that's coming out in i think like next week about uh connection between pop punk and hardcore i don't think i don't really go in depth on easy core specifically but this i there's a lot of cool connections between those two cultures that I think a lot of people ignore because of elitism. I think I think that makes sense. I mean, when we were like an easy core band and then like transforming into like a generic pop punk band, like we were like pretty aware of how often hardcore bands played with like pop punk bands. Like I felt I feel like Man Overboard used to play with like Terror or some shit. Like it was always that kind of crazy shit. Not Terror, like, uh, Ceremony. Ceremony. Oh, That's who it is. Yeah, they they played with ceremony and punch. punch and they they also were on sound and fury uh tiger's jaw did that sound and fury too back in 2010 i remember uh going to that show that's an that'll be an interesting article though because i mean that's like that was like a pretty prevalent thing for a while that people just like i think completely forgot about because everything is so like segregated i guess in terms yeah, of like genres. in that in that time like pop punk was part of like the diy hardcore landscape like pop punk and the emo revival and hardcore were all kind of like the same scene, you know? Uh, yeah. There's that four-way split between Tiger's Jaw, Self-Defense Family, Code Orange Kids, and The World Is. That would, I don't think that would ever happen today. No, no. I don't, it would be really hard to get it to happen because everyone would be worried about like, you know, their, their like, I don't know, clout i keep using that word i don't use that word very often <laughs> it's because like, you're on the it's because you're on the e-word and we're all about clout it must be but yeah no it's just it's hard to imagine like if stars hollow were to approach like i don't know some like post hardcore band or a hardcore band or something i feel like there would be some kind of like resistance just because of the fact that we don't fall under that same umbrella i guess and I mean, it kind of goes both ways. Like, if a hardcore band were to come up to me and be like, "Hey, we should do a split," I'd kind of be like, "Okay, but like, who, you know, how are, who's going to benefit from this? Because you know, our people from your realm I would benefit listen to from us, that. you know. Well, that's as long as one person, as long as Ellie benefits from it, that's <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> and we'll we'll do it. We'll find a hardcore band. We'll make it happen. Do you do you so like I think that like split was happening because like we were like figuring it out? kind of like what like the emo revival was and all that other shit or do you think it was just like we all fuck with each other so let's do it I, it's the, definitely the latter everyone was like in the same scene you know yeah yeah everyone was just probably like you know friends to an extent 
and it wasn't it was like all just so AI. rigid. So yeah, yeah. Simpler times, really. Yeah, honestly, it's. It feels fucking weird to be nostalgic about 2010 right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I mean, it was it was a better time. <laughs> I was I was like 15. It was great, or 16, or something. I don't know how old I was. I was I was four, 13 and 14, like that that age range. Um, I was 18. I'm the old head. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. old head. Yeah, older, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I'm Joe Budden. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking way. Um, Kyle's like, I was out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do what we've been listening to this week. I hardly have shit because I was figuring out this list for fucking ever. Um, yeah, yeah, the list's really hard. But between figuring out the list. I have found myself listening to the Riley Walker album that is a cover album of a lost Dave Matthews Band album, and it's fucking great. I don't give a shit about Dave Matthews Band, but <laughs> Riley Walker just has the has the time to do an entire tribute to a lost Dave album, and that's I, wild, honestly. Yeah, I love it. That's really rad. I know nothing about Riley Walker, but he's a, I don't he, care how sorry go ahead he's like the greatest follow on instagram or twitter or anything fyi Sick. okay uh, um i don't care like how many clout points this loses me like dave matthews band has one of the greatest drummers of all time like i don't listen to that <laughs> band music at all but anytime i hear <laughs> anytime i hear them on the radio i'm like yo that motherfucker can like play drums and he's really like like you can tell even if he's holding back. Like Dave Matthews Band and 311 have really good drummers for whatever reason. It's you know they're they're big for a reason, you know. People just don't give enough credit to to the drummers, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm also talk that... about this in when we get to the William Bonnie thing, but I think like drumming is probably the most important part of of a, of a band sound. Oh, I'll agree. I yeah, mm-hmm. I agree like 98% not a hundred percent, but ninety-eight percent. Yeah. Word. Okay. Um, I've already been listening to the new Algernon re- re- release that like compilation that they did that has like a yeah, the... someone released songs on it, right? Yeah, there's two demos, um, for Serial Killer Status and Katie's Conscience, which is one of my favorite Algernon songs. Um, and then they've got that uh that Beatles cover and uh Elvis Costello cover, which that that Beatles cover is so fucking cool. Just hearing Peter sing Beatles songs is something I never get to hear. I thought I'd never get to hear, but yeah. apparently they recorded that. Um, and then Snail Mail. For, and I, I still have not listened to that album, which is wild because that's something I everyone tells me I would love it. Yeah. Everyone but. tells me I would love it too, but that album like put me right to fucking sleep, personally. I don't See, know. It's so fucking like pleasant, and then you listen to it, and then it's like, oh, it's fucking heartbreaking, and then it's like I can't <laughs> stop listening to it. Um, that's, I mean, it, it that's kind of what I look for. So, <laughs> it made me want to go listen to Juliana Hatfield, pers- like never listen to her. Never listen to her. Yeah. Should I? She's, yeah, I she's really now? good. Okay. A really good indie pop from the '90s. Yeah. You know the thing about like, cause there's been like, like a lot of remasters of emo albums this year and to me i kind of wish that they had remastered some of the algernon stuff 
But I also kind of like that they were just like, you know, Parrotfly sounds like shit. Let's just leave it sounding <laughs> like shit. It's like you leave. I don't know. Like it's like kind of how you don't always restore like artifacts or something. You know, you just fucking gotta yeah. let it be for what it is. You know, let it be authentic. Yeah. Like, Tr- like I don't what it was. Like we'll probably talk about this with the William Bonnie thing too. But like I'm, I have like some mixed feelings about those like remasters. So it's like, yeah, I've had arguments about know. the remasters already for William Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll get to it, but uh, that's all I've been listening to. Keep it short. Uh, hang on one sec. I gotta find. I had like I had like a little last FM chart. All right, so like my top albums are the Blink One Eighty Two discography. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yeah, Dude Ranch, Enema, Take Off. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Fireworks, which is a band that we never deserved. Um, yeah, true. I people are still like surprised to find out that like my username on everything is a fireworks reference because it kind of seems like all I listen to is hardcore sometimes. But no, like Detroit is maybe my favorite pop punk song of all time. For sure, I am classic. Uh, I'm there. So, so Iconoclasm by The Effort is uh, kind of like a youth crew revival album. Turned ten years old this year, uh, and that was the album that me and my best friend Spencer uh, really bonded over when we first met and I was just like listen to that and get nostalgic you know it's really it's a really good record it's like it it feels kind of like a harder turning point so you should check that out if you're into turning point uh Donnie Brook lines in this game just great ignorant hardcore um the first kill switch engage record which sounds like shy halud with butt rock vocals and it's great it's much better than everything they did afterwards um uh the warriors uh the first orchid record chaos is me uh i've always preferred dance tonight but i re-listened to chaos is me just to just to do it and it's not nearly as memorable but it's a great cohesive listen like you can just listen to it straight through and i think that's that's a cool part of it um Define the Great Line, which is the best Under Oath album. I don't oh, care what it yes. says. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That, no, that no name record, Room 25. Obs- Obsession by 18 Visions. Gotta get that obligatory. <laughs> <laughs> you took an episode off for mentioning them. Did you notice that? Yeah, I felt embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Adam, Adam from uh, episode 14, uh, he was like, you know, the this year for No Echo, you have to do like a love letter to 18 Visions, and I was like, all right. <laughs> upset this album that's turning 15 this year, so preparing. Uh, listen, been listening to all the Was a Real Boy stuff from Say Anything. Uh, I feel like that's stuff that I used to never give a fair shake, and now it's like some of my favorite Say Anything stuff. Um, you know, like Total Revenge is one of the most underrated Say Anything songs for sure. True Love, The Pact, which is an album that like just barely missed my best of this year, but it is a really good, straightforward, hardcore record. Are y'all down with uh, Kaunashi? Actually just heard them for the first time this week. They're really fucking weird, but good. What is, yeah. what is this? What's, what's that song called? Um, You'll Understand When You're Older? Is that what that yeah. song is called? That, yeah. I heard that. That was on my like um, Spotify made that like playlist of stuff you haven't listened to, but you'll probably like, you know, for the new year. Huh? And that was on there. And I listened to it. And I was like, at first I was like, oh, shit, this is like kind of grindy. Like, this is badass. And then it just fucking switches gears like five times. 
And yeah. I was just like, okay, this is really cool. Like I'm into this. I listened to the rest of their music and like nothing else like stuck out to me as strong as that does, but everything else is pretty cool. Like it's still like really well-written music, but, but yeah, yeah I was like blown away. They write, they write really long songs, but they're so cohesive. Um, yeah. Can someone spell and- this for me? K A O N A S H I. So like Spirited Away. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, to me, uh, do you get? Do y'all know that band, uh, Youth Forever? Yeah. I know the name, but I don't think I've listened to them. Like super heavy, like Sledgeway band. Um, they sound like that mixed with like you know, all that MySpacey shit with the with the sing song auto tune vocals. I don't know. It's just like it's really cool. It's 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 really fucking cool. I'm glad that like. I feel like the scene aesthetic revival is gonna die like halfway through 2019, but while it's here, I'm down with Kanashi, you know? Yeah, I, I fuck with it. I agree. And rounding it out, I got the death card by Sworn In. <laughs> <laughs> Just hitting the classics. <laughs> oh, man. It was, it's five years old this year. I didn't realize I was, that. I was I was just thinking how like that was like, one of the things that was happening when I was like getting into power violence and I was like so there's like this entirely other DIY thing happening next to me and like Sworn In yeah. was like the biggest of that at least here in Wisconsin yeah Sworn In were fucking big for a while and I, I always dug that they kind of sounded like botch but looked like My Chemical Romance <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true I always I always dug that about them. Uh, yeah, just a new new metal botch, I guess is how I describe their sound. Kyle, you're from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Did you go to their? Um, I don't know how close you are to Milwaukee, but they played in uh, my friend JJ's basement. Right. Yeah. Like this is pretty recently. Did you go to that? No, but it's it's oh, damn. it's 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 so funny how like he has basement shows that like sell out in advance, and that was yeah one of them. yeah no, it's wild. <laughs> He's he seriously is like just like the the most admirable person ever. Like he seriously has, t- has taken DIY and like made it corporate, but kept it DIY. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's wild. He but but yeah, like I because he's had like Kublacon, like yeah. I think or yeah. some other crazy. But yeah, when I saw that Sworn In was playing in his basement, I was like, that's that's fucking irresponsible. That's <laughs> like, yeah, he actually listens to crazy. this podcast. And it's oh no shit! Yeah. Hi JJ, I hope you hear this. <laughs> if his space wasn't like completely like, you know, no drinking, no drugs, it would be a nightmare, I'm sure. Yeah, but but he runs a tight ship, so it's all mm-hmm. good, you know. Yeah. So what have you been um, listening to? Oh, I gotta think because I don't want to give away my like album of the year list, and I listened. I've been listening to that <laughs> a lot because yeah, I, I tried specifically to, to avoid all of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, there are a couple of like honorable mention things that I'll get to later, but like I've been listening to those a lot. One of them is uh, there's this band called With Iowa in Between from Minneapolis, and we toured with them probably about almost two years ago now. And they put out an EP called So Many Ways to Not Say Anything, and it's just phenomenal. I listen to it like all the way through at least three times whenever I do listen to it. Um, they're super cool because like everyone in the band sings to some capacity, and it's. Uh, I don't know. It's just really cool. The dynamics of the EP are really awesome. Um, yeah, and they're good people. So, so I fuck with it. I listened to "Awake but Still in Bed" for the second time ever. What? Yeah. See. Yeah. Okay. I knew this was. I knew this would be the reaction. Um, so, the first time I listened to "Awake but Still in Bed," I listened to. I think the song's just called "Intro," right? Opener. Opener. Like the first one. Opener. That's it. Um, Closer. 
when I listened to that for the first time, I liked it. I liked things about it. But the only thing I could think the whole time while I was listening to it was like, okay, this is like an introduction to the album by the hotel year. And I just kind of like got that same feeling. And I kind of thought to myself, like, I've had this feeling before. Do I really want this feeling again? That was the worst year of my life. I don't think I want this feeling again. So I didn't listen to it again. So, and so I just listened to them for the first time again, like a couple days ago. And I really liked it. Like it caught me a lot more this time. That happens to me a lot. I feel like I have to listen to a band a second time to get like into it. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I just skipped around on like the album, just like their more popular songs, but I, I like it a lot. And I actually really wish I could see that band live. Cause that's probably what would get me to like be a 100% like in it kind of thing. Like, yeah, I've seen them three times live, and they're always stellar. And yeah, Shannon, I, Shannon's such a good person. Shannon they, like hugs me every uh, time. West Coast band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, that's probably why I haven't seen them. But yeah, it, that caught me a lot more the second time around, and I'm, I'm stoked that I like it now because I always I kept thinking like, damn, I should probably like this record. Like, there's no reason I shouldn't like this record. But but yeah, it gave Did me. Did the song Fathers remind you of the hotel year at all? <laughs> yeah like honestly as i listened to the whole thing i couldn't shake that hotel year kind of feeling even though like a lot of it isn't even that similar but there's like just that vibe there yeah i think it's definitely like the strongest influence on that record um but like home like no places there is in my opinion the greatest emo album of this decade so oh, yeah it's incredible i'm, it's I'm not gonna complain about it super incredible um let's see what else um I kind of dove back into Hot Mulligan a little bit. I like I saw them at Blood, Blood Fest this year, and their crowd was wild. It was just like fucking insane. Um, and so like I just it was one of those things where I just felt like I wanted to kind of preserve that memory of all those songs and stuff. So I was like I'm just not really gonna listen to it. But I got back into Pilot this week. Um, same kind of thing. I ended up liking it more this time around than I did the first time. I like really dug into it. And then I listen to Baths a lot. I always listen to Baths, like, fucking constantly. Grimes. I've been listening to a lot of Grimes. Um, That's problematic. Is it problematic? <laughs> yeah, because the Elon Musk connect. <laughs> I don't... I haven't paid any attention to that. So so if I'm doing something terribly wrong, feel free to tell me. I just, no, no, no. Grimes just bangs. I just can't... I just can't stop it. I can't stop been, the rock. I have been told that... If someone likes Grimes, they should be listening to Sophie as well, though. Sophie. Okay, I'm gonna keep that in mind because I fuck with that. Oh, uh, and then I don't. I don't really listen to electronic music, so you know. See, take I listen. I listen to a lot of electronic music. Um, oh, and then last one is. So I posted like in the subreddit to get people to like comment their Spotify links and shit, so that I could just like check stuff out. Um, and someone put theirs on there, and it was called Ghostal. I think is what the artist is called, but they just put out like a two song thing and it's incredible. And I listen to it like every day. It's just like instrumental, but it, one of the songs samples the drums from a tiny moving part song. Oh, I that's... think maybe, maybe 4th of July. I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's like really cool. Um, and then the other one I think samples a mom jeans song, but <laughs> like you would never guess it like by listening to the song. I didn't know it until the person had said that that's what it was. But, uh, but yeah, I listen to that like every day when I want to like, relax and like unwind so yeah but that's about hey, it otherwise it's just hey tyler aoty yeah what's your uh what's your reddit username uh grilled pb and j 
Sick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen that around. Uh, cool. So just in case you offend me later in this pod- podcast, I know like how to ban you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the key. That's that's. I'll just make a new one. It's fine. It's no big deal. And then I'll report you to the admins for ban evasion, motherfucker. Oh, damn. There, you have too much power, and I don't like it. It's, <laughs> like, I'm on trial. But my, I, don't know, like, I don't know how to use Reddit super well, but I added a flare recently that like makes it known that I'm in Stars Hollow so that people don't talk shit about Stars Hollow <laughs> to me because, <laughs> because that, that will just like not go over well with me. So... Well, trying yeah, to there make was, the people aware. There was Jake from Counterintuitive when he was on this podcast. He was talking about how he like worried how people would kind of like take his his like opinion too seriously because he's the guy from Counterintuitive Records and stuff. And yeah, yeah. I felt like weird about that. I don't know. Do you have any feelings I'm, about that? I mean, I don't see. It's a little bit different, I guess, in a way, because I think counterintuitive is like a very influential, like centerpiece in the emo scene right now. And while I feel like our band is pretty like popular on the subreddit and like, there's a lot of people that support us on there. It doesn't really like sink in. Like I've never, I don't really know. I've never been able to like take it to heart that people like our band, which is kind of like a good thing and a bad thing. But, um, but I could definitely see that. I just don't think I can't imagine my opinion of someone else's music like weighing more just because I'm in Stars Hollow. That's just hard for me to imagine, just because I don't think it's like that big of a deal. Like mm-hmm. we're just a fucking emo band. Like nothing matters. I don't know. <laughs> like, but if you're, but yeah, that makes sense definitely, especially if you're like in charge of a label that a lot of bands look up to and a lot of individuals like you know that's where they're finding a very important part of their lives you know like that's a whole that's a whole different thing but i could see how that would be a little bit more of a problem by the way when someone talks shit about your creative endeavor to your face that's like the worst thing ever like i had someone like last night just like shit on my blog like to me and it was very unpleasant jesus <laughs> so. well it's like if if you don't have anything constructive to say or if you can't say something nice while you're saying something constructive, then yeah, like you're just like a piece of shit for saying that it's not good to someone's it, face. Like it wasn't constructive. It was ugh. I can't believe you willingly shared this. <laughs> See, yeah, no, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bad yeah. person. Well, let's do a, a few quick hits before we talk about Stars Hollow. Um, the quick hits being we have American Football's LP3 happening. They announced the album this week. They dropped the song called silhouettes then one of the songs leaked which is a song featuring uh Haley williams from paramore um mm, i listened to it it rips it's it honest... i didn't even i didn't know it leaked yeah it yeah. was on the sub for a little bit i don't know if it got removed or something but it's like it's a very good song actually and um silhouettes i think is pretty solid too i've got my pre-order in but uh, did anyone see this coming? Do you, did anyone think that we would be having a third American Football LP? Yeah, absolutely. I think they know it's a cash cow. Like, yeah, like if they if they put it out, people are gonna buy it. Like, I don't know. I do the same thing. Like, instead <laughs> of putting out Owen Records, that'll do like decent. Like, why not just put out American Football Records? That'll do great. Just because you put out Never, Never Meant in the '90s, you know. Like, it just makes sense, I guess. 
I will say that I enjoy that they just called this one LP3, just like they called the last one LP2, because I don't have to remember album titles anymore. <laughs> just tight. <laughs> and so the, the cover is not even like a house or anything. It's like, yeah, fucking mind blow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm consciously optimistic, you know? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Silhouettes was solid. I mean, Silhouettes was okay. It was, I like that um, the beginning of it kind of sounded like the background music when a character in a movie finds out that they're a wizard but um, did, you, did you just steal my tweet yeah i did <laughs> that was that was smooth as you were saying it i was like oh my god did ellie have the same thought that i did and then <laughs> no, i just directly stole your tweet and that's said it to your awesome, face that's awesome ellie that's awesome <laughs> wow okay this is like when that when a kid in your fucking class says a joke a little bit louder than you and then he gets all the credit <laughs> It's like I wish the same I were thing. Hot, on hot news. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, uh, the Haley Williams song is like much better, I think. See, I'm I'm really interested to hear that. I'm, I don't know if I'll listen to the leak though, because I kind of want to hear it like in context to the album, I guess. But but who and even knows if I'll listen to the album until like a year after it comes out? So I don't even know. <laughs> um, I, yeah, like like you said, Ellie, you're cautiously optimistic, and that's exactly how I feel. Like. But what I've heard, I'm like way more impressed than I thought I would be because you know, I'm one of those that thinks that LP2 is kind of a snoozer, but it's also just like, I think when 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 you're three LPs deep, you're like past your like, your big comeback and you can just really kind of focus on like whatever the fuck you want to make. And it still sounds like American football, which is tight. So yeah, I, yeah, I definitely feel like they're putting less pressure on themselves. Yeah. See the American football. I guess the one thing I wonder is I just don't know how much of it is like just Mike Kinsella, like just throwing a bunch of shit together, and then how much of it is like actual collaborative full band songwriting. That's just like where my like mind goes as far as that goes. And I just never know. Like, I thought LP2 was good, and I thought that it was good for what it was. It was just like chill and it was like a comeback kind of thing. But I don't know. I always, I'll end up listening to LP3 and kind of be like, I kind of wish this was an Owen record, but I don't know. I just have a weird like thing about that where I'm just like hyper attentive to whether or not this is really like American football and if it's capturing that same kind of like dynamic that they had when they were first a band or if it's just like them all knowing that that name is getting them, you know, where they're going. So they're just going to like let Kinsella write everything. I don't know. Well, as someone said in the comments of uh, one of the posts, and I, I I agree with it, that it seems like Nate actually has pretty big influence on the songwriting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Record. Yeah. Yeah, because I know LP2 was a lot of, like, Dropbox uh, recordings. Just like, yeah. you know, here's a riff, here's a riff. So, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I mean, because they all have, like, they're all fucking adults. You know, they all have lives and, like, shit to worry about besides being in a band you know except for you know one or two members so it's like this is semi-related but kyle have you heard that kurt ballou is not producing the new jerome's dream no i didn't i I... know because they never they never fucking asked him and now they can't book studio time what (laughs) yeah but they got jack shirley to do it so that's cool that's cool but I, oh, yeah, God. everything about this Jerome's dream thing is so fucking whack. I wish I never knew. 
Um, so American Football LP3, it's still on Polyvinyl, coming out in March. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm more excited than I thought I'd be. And then we got a William Bonney repress. This is everything that they have recorded, plus a new song. Um, is the new song Dope Castle? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That um, song's kind of fucking heavy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So this is William Bonney being repressed and handled by Skeletal Lightning, great Midwest label. And it they have something called All Ten out for pre order now and it's on Spotify. And um what's kind of a big deal is that these are remastered and like we all already kind of alluded to this, but like it's very noticeable. Like as soon as I hit play on my fucking iPhone speakers, I was like, Whoa. Alright. <laughs> I can like hear yeah. I can hear Jack like up front. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, at the beginning of Leather Empire. Cause in like the original recordings it's so like buried, you yeah. know? Yeah. Which I think was like kind of aesthetically pleasing for the genre, you know, in the time. But yeah, you can just hear him like front and center and it's like it doesn't sound bad or anything, but it was surprising for sure. Is it just me or can we hear that the drums are like clearly programmed. I didn't really notice that. I, I kept mentally complaining that I couldn't hear the kick drum very well. I feel like the drums are like very clearly like fake on on this release. Are they fake? Like, do we or, do we know this? Not, not fake, but extremely processed. And I'm not like the first person to notice this either. Like, I I was on Facebook and I saw like a whole thread of people talking about it. And well, it's just like. I don't know. It's interesting to think about that because if they like, like went back and kind of made them like way more quantized, way more on time, way more clean sounding, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know I, why well, they I wouldn't. Could, I could hear it in the OG versions too, though. Oh, really? See, I yeah, I just didn't pay enough attention apparently, but but yeah, I think the I think it, the remaster sounds good overall. It's just weird because I'm so used to like a, a more like lo-fi kind of vibe from it. I think it sounds amazing. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just biased because, in my opinion, this remaster kind of brings out more hardcore influence. I feel like it's a lot more groovy. I feel that. You know? I've, I always thought I've always it was thought, groovy. I don't know. I always thought that William Bonnie was kind of like, uh, how do I put it? It's kind of like Chiodos for people who don't do cocaine. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I that's like, and I love Chiodos. I don't do cocaine, but I love Chiodos. But anyway. I don't know. Like, I've just always kind of had that vibe. So I, I've never thought of them as, like, a heavy band, but they definitely have those moments where it reminds me of, like, you know, like, 2004, 2005 post-hardcore, you know? Yeah, a little bit a little bit of census fail here. A little bit of uh, these arms are snakes there. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> That's it. You get it. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I personally like this this repress uh or this remaster a lot i had an argument with one of my friends though he said like i he said that he felt um the lo-fi aesthetic and sound of the original version made it feel more emotionally authentic um, see i there's a level i agree with that but there's also a level where i'm like eh, like i think music should sound good you know but yeah i also get where they're coming from but that's coming from someone who, like, I don't know, like, that's, like, a whole pedestal that I, I, like, if I had a soapbox, I would stand on it and preach about how bands should save money and pay money to record, but I'm to in the me, minority. 
like clearly this is how Jack wanted it to sound too, you know. Yeah, because he sure. had his hands all over this whole process. That's um, very true. And so I, in the interest of respecting what Jack wanted, I think that this sounds amazing. This is this sounds like it could not be any closer to what he was going for. Yeah, I yep. could agree with that for sure. And Jack deserves the world. So I'm personally That's... of the safe opinion. Like I'm glad we have two versions like i can listen to whichever one i fucking want to now so yeah i mean there's no harm in it whatsoever yeah like yeah it's on spotify that's all that matters to me like i can listen to it in my car easily like yeah Yeah. add another like 50 megabytes i can delete from my phone (laughs) chipping away at it with every repress (laughs) um so we uh, along with the reveal of this uh William Bonney said that they keep going back and forth about whether they want to tour. There was some like mixed vibes within the band, as in some people were like wanted nothing more. Um, there were some hesitations of like, yo, we're like pushing thirty and we're gonna be screaming. And then there were people that just flat out didn't want to do it. Um, so that I wouldn't have kind of on the table. It would be I sick if they called it the mixed vibes tour, though. I know, right? Oh, that would have been funny. I can't. I don't know. I can't really imagine it happening. Like I say, like I booked, I booked Boy Rex at my house last year, and so I met Jack for the first time, and just like watching Boy Rex, and then like talking to him, I could not imagine this happening. I guess it just doesn't seem like it. It's like who he is anymore like but who am i to say that you know i'm not him but i don't know it just would seem i would be super stoked but i would go and be kind of like this is like interesting not weird but like just interesting because yeah they're like pushing 30 and screaming like fucking poor me always suffering you know like (laughs) just an interesting picture yeah i'm 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 kind of curious about who in the bad band wants to do it like, do you think Jack is the one that's like, I've been waiting for this moment this entire time? Well, I think, I feel like this is now like the second reunion that Jack has like started to participate in. Oh, that's funny. Like, right. That was like this yeah, time last year. First ship's debacle. No, it was oh, two years ago I now. forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, two years. It was two years ago now. Uh, this November 2016, I remember there being like a whole shit show. Uh, when when that thing got canceled, yeah. Anyway, fuck Nick, fuck Nick Stetson. Yeah, we can say it. Yeah, I'm saying it. You're you're hearing it. We're hearing I'm it. Saying it. <laughs> yeah, but I would be I would be very stoked on seeing William Bonnie tour. I saw them in 2013, um, and they were good, but a little sloppy. So I feel like. another tour there would be a lot tighter life you know is something like that like diy booked like who fucking knows i feel like it would have to be like i don't like i feel like our community is so like tight-knit to a certain degree that like it's easy to forget that like if you go out on the street and say something about william bonnie no one's gonna like fucking know what you're talking about Mm-hmm. Like and the I'm remaster sure, like, came out on Skeletal Lightning. It didn't come out on like Epitaph. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's so. yeah. So it's like so. I don't know. Like if you're in like Boston or like I don't know any kind of bigger coastal city, like there might be like you know a couple hundred people who would show up. But then like I don't know if they, 
they were to play in Des Moines, Iowa, there'd be like 40, right. 50 people. This, this is like, like the fifth time I've Tyler that you've just like emanated flyover state rage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got. I will say that because of Iowa's location and the fact that bigger bands skip here, we've had like incredible like DIY shows. Like Oso Oso played in a basement, and I booked it last year. Like it was fucking crazy. Nice. Like. I know just we've had a lot of cool stuff like that like but yes in, in other terms like yeah Touche Amore is not coming here every tour like no one's coming here every tour it sucks but William Bonnie I would want them to come here but they mm-hmm. won't because 40 kids don't show up you know that's the way it goes uh, something that someone hit me to today is this mom jeans tour uh, that just got announced today uh, they dropped their their uh, booking agent and I guess and like on on the flyer it says this tour was booked by Bart which is yeah I saw that which is wild because like they basically sold out the entire puppy love tour yeah and now they book their next ones uh, themselves which is which raises a lot of questions but it's also like hella impressive yeah it's a power move for sure who's who's touring with them uh, mover Mover shaker Shaker. and then P daddy's got Uh a couple dates with them gonna say Kyle you can bleep this out if you want but if they fire their booking agent then uh <laughs> is that is that a shot is that a certified shot <laughs> no it's uh, it's it's half self-deprecating half memeing you know yeah okay I see um so let's get into what's up with stars hollow I mean this has been or can I say that this has been like a breakthrough year for your band yeah like absolutely it kind of all feels the same to a certain degree because it's like you know it's not like the level where we went from playing shows to 20 people to playing to like 500 people or anything you know it's like more so when we go on tour there are a solid handful of kids who know who we are and who know a couple of our songs and like i'll look up and see like a few people singing along you know and it's also just getting like a little bit more recognition from other bands who were, were kind of like at a bit higher level than we are right now, who like a year ago wouldn't have even thought about touring with us. But now they're like a bit bigger and they look at us and they're like, hey, like you're like a viable option. Like people will come to see you and like we want to see you, that kind of thing. I don't know. I think about things a lot in terms of numbers and like our Spotify monthly listeners at the beginning of the year was like 300 or something and then after happy again came out ha- came out like in the first month we hit like 5000 whoa so it's like yeah so it's like a it was That's a like big stratospheric jump. yeah yeah and it's like now now it's kind of like even out we're like we're always hovering around 2000 a month which is still like solid like i'm not complaining whatsoever but yeah it's just kind of a wild thing of just like I didn't I didn't really expect this I didn't expect it to go any like further than our first EP did or our, our split did I thought it was just kind of gonna be the same thing of just like oh we're gonna put it out and then we'll just be a band until we decide we'd rather just like work and save money and do you know more adult things you know but that's kind of the thing is that like it went well which was not totally expected so yeah so like we did a couple tours and like we toured with Charmer and Kayak Jones. We, t- we did another tour this year. Oh my God, I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was like our EP release tour. Holy shit. With uh, our friends in Weathered and formerly Bodies. Yeah, it was just like this kind of thing where you notice that you're struggling less, I guess. Like when we toured on our first EP, like 
it was super iffy on whether we were going to get good shows. And if we did, it was super iffy on, on if we were going to be able to afford to go to the next place. Whereas now we can book places and the promoter is like, dude, I loved your EP. Like, you know, we're going to make this a good show. We're going to get good locals and we can know that we're going to show up and get paid at least like 50 bucks, you know, enough mm-hmm. to get to the next town. It's, I think it just took the stress off a little bit of some of the like worst parts of DIY. Granted, those things are still there because you're going to play towns where people have no clue who you are or they won't like your band. And that's fine. That's like what comes with the package. But this EP definitely like made things easier. And I think it the thing that gets me most excited is that it kind of set us up to put out a full length that'll get like way further than it would have if we would just would have like thrown one out there, you know? Right. Because I mean, I feel like with an EP, it's easier to get people hooked on your music because it's shorter it's easy to digest like happy against like 11 minutes long you know like yeah i, I nice. literally prefer eps to albums yeah i tend to too just it really depends on the album but it's just like i like short things that i can listen to on my ride to work you know yeah like, mm-hmm. yeah exactly and i don't like i don't like writing long songs like i like writing short songs i think the longest song stars hollow has is like three minutes and 40 seconds i don't know i just like like keeping it shorter for the accessibility purpose and also just because like there's nothing you can add to a song after three minutes and 30 seconds that's going to matter in my personal opinion so that's like (laughs) that's kind of a hot take but um but that's just kind of where i stand on it so i don't know it's just been like a really cool year and we're kind of at a point where um we could do something with this like i don't ever enter into anything with the expectation that we're going to get like mom jeans level big or anything but i feel like we're at a point where like we could potentially open for like a decent sized tour you know which is kind of like just what i wanted to do like i don't really care about like being a huge band or anything but i just want to be able to play like either super small venues or basements and have like 50 kids there that all know the words to a song you know that's just kind of like what i always want like i'll watch like videos of algernon playing like spit fountain in philly or some shit and like there's like 70 kids just screaming their fucking faces off and that's more of what i want and i think that what we did this year set us up for that and that's all that really matters to me so i uh i keep getting distracted by how good uh tyler's aesthetic is in their profile picture just like <laughs> great sweater, great glasses. <laughs> I I appreciate this. That's I I try. That's my selfie game is uh, important to me. I'm glad if anything's distracting you, that's that it's that you know. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah. You like gave like such a great comprehensive response that I don't even know. If I know I that's so articulate. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I mean, my question is. <laughs> My question is, uh, who in the band is the biggest Gilmore Girls fan? Uh, me, by far. Yeah, like by by far. That was um, literally the first thing that like drew me to your band was the name, for um, sure. That's good because that's kind of like half of I don't know. It's it's a curse and a blessing because like thirty five year old moms will approach people and be like, oh my god, is that a Gilmore Girls shirt? And people have to be like, no, like this is a band. And then and like. There's also the chance that Warner Brothers could like sue us, probably. I don't know. No, but uh, whatever. But otherwise, that would, that would make them look so bad. That's that true. Bad. It felt, felt fitting. Like me and Jesse. Um, so Jesse's our bassist. He, him, and I were the first two that started the band, and 
we were like just trying to figure out a name for fucking ever and then i was watching like binging gilmore girls really hard in college and i was just like stars hollow that's sick that's like super sick and so i texted him and he was like yep let's do it because he watched it when he was like in high school because his mom watched it or something you know so yeah we stuck with it we were like hell yeah because then we we just decided on the name before we even had a drummer i think so it just fit sick um have you been have you been watching uh amy sherman paladino's new show marvelous miss mazel no i i've heard about this but i have not watched it at all is it is it good it's very good i'm watching it with my girlfriend right now it's about uh this little jewish girl in like 1962 it seems to be uh from from what i can gather from the fact that lenny bruce is still <laughs> playing small clubs uh who uh gets divorced from her husband and becomes a stand-up comedian um and i used to do stand-up i'm a huge comedy nerd so it's super appealing to me it's a really good that's, show that's good i'm gonna have to actually remember that yeah because that i'm a big amy sherman paladino fan obviously but i i missed out on bunheads though i still never watched that oh i don't you know it's like I'm bad at keeping up with things, so like, just don't ever feel bad because I haven't watched it either, <laughs> or Sick. anything. But but yeah, I mean, good name. It's worked out for us. When we played in Connecticut, a bunch of people like because Stars Hollow is like like fictionally in Connecticut. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, a bunch of people like made jokes about it, and I was like, kind of dreading playing in Connecticut for that reason. No, no one. I, there was like the people that did come up were people who did not like our band <laughs> like they didn't hear our <laughs> band yet and they just like they just like looked like they wouldn't like our band and i could tell by the way that they left the room when we started playing that they didn't like our band so, <laughs> so it was it, I it tell was by the fun. fact that they hated the experience of being <laughs> in the same room as our music that they didn't like the band <laughs> yeah it yeah it, i think it was like the opening bands like all the people in the opening band and their girlfriends kind of situation oh, which is shitty. like wow. like yeah i was like whatever they were like really nice and they drew people they got us money so i don't really care like i can't expect everyone to, to like our band but it was just funny because they were all all like had said something about the stars hollow like gilmore girls thing and then yeah just like i don't know a couple seconds into our set they just boom out the door <laughs> and it's like i don't know we don't even start our set that like aggressively we start with like the first song from happy again and it's like it's not like it's too heavy or something but yeah they just decided to check out i still think about when i saw you and how great of an experience of seeing like your set was was like 15 minutes long or something and you just went super hard and then it was done and i just wanted more and i was like this is what i want more of it's just quick fucking sets <laughs> Just yeah, 15 minutes is the perfect set time. Yeah, yeah, I think I think our set usually runs like 18. Like it's literally like 14 minutes of songs and then four minutes, maybe like less than that, of like just like looping so that I can fucking breathe for 30 seconds. But yeah, that's kind of like what we want to go for because like I hate watching bands for more than 20 minutes. Like yeah. it sounds awful and it sounds like I'm in invalidating like people's art, but that's not really what it is. It's just that I'm fucking human and I don't want to stand and listen yeah. to something that I don't know for that long, you know? Yeah. Like like if I'm seeing like like I saw Norma Jean at Bloodfest and they played like a ton of stuff off of Redeemer, I could have stood there for like two hours and been fine. But if I'm <laughs> listening to like a band I've never heard and they try to play forty minutes, I'm just like, come on, like just like give me your best stuff. Don't give me your like 
seven minute like atmospheric trippy like post rock shit like i don't need that that. just give me your best stuff even if it's a band i like i still like cool short sets uh a band that shall go unnamed i saw uh, just let me bleep it out playing vegas okay (laughs) because i don't want to work them anymore um i saw them play in in las vegas they played in nine minutes broke a guitar string and we're like oh cool we're done (laughs) that's that's one way to go about it i mean that's yeah well yeah that's the thing i think short sets are just kind of like underrated i feel like there's a certain certain problem with like once you get to the level of being like on a real official tour package like where you have to meet a time minimum yeah you know yeah yeah and that's something i'm like terrified of honestly i have (laughs) i have like a lot of internalized stress about that because like I could probably we could probably play 20 minutes 25 minutes and like we'd be dead but we could do it but if we had to play like 30 to 35 like that's like not really possible at the like way that we do things right now like I try to like I don't know how to stand still when we play and I just like have to stay busy like the whole time that we're playing so I just don't know how I would be able to like do that so I just like have a lot of respect for bands I guess that can play that long but also no one needs to play that long. Like, yeah. let the gig get over at eight o'clock. Who cares? Everyone can go home. <laughs> Try, like, honestly, like, I'm writing our full length right now, and I have like a decent amount of songs done for it. Like, I think I have like twelve that are pretty much good to go. That I'm gonna start working on the guy on with the guys. But uh, I think that'll top out at like 25 minutes at the most. You know, like, sick. That's, that's that makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, 20, 25 minute LP shoe in for twenty nineteen album release. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the thing is like I like I'll listen to an album and unless it's like fucking phenomenal, you'll lose me at like minute like twenty five. Like yeah. I'll be like, okay, let me skip these songs. Like, cause even if it's a short record and there are songs that feel like filler, I will still listen to them mm-hmm. because yeah. it's like because it keeps the flow of the album going and like. I don't have that much longer to go in anyways, you know? So, so yeah, I don't know. Cause like sometimes I feel bad about not writing longer songs. Cause people, some people have the opposite reaction of like, you know, some people are like, Oh, it left me wanting more. I loved it. But other people are like, Oh, it left me wanting more. Like you should try to do more, you know? <clears throat> but I don't know. Just trying to like keep it real, do what we do. Not really worry too much about like what other bands do. So, 2019, do you think, like, the LP will come out then? Or is that, like, too um, far away? In I a like, perfect world... I like world, how it took us yeah. this long to ask about the LP. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a perfect world, it would come out next year. I We're going to start... So, we kind of took, like, a three-month break about... Um, we recorded a new song that's going to go on a split with... Um, I'll just say it because you can bleep it out. Okay. Um, it's supposed to go on a split with. Cool. But we are running into an issue of like, I don't know, things just aren't working out on the, the other end, which isn't really like a big deal because it's not their fault. But um, so we're kind of sitting on a song that we just recorded right now, and then we were offered to be on another split, and you can also bleep bleep this out. But we were asked to be on that and split. But yeah, we only I, was, had... I was told about that, yeah. Yeah, we were... The problem is that they each had two songs and we only have one song. And so I would have had to have, like, written something, like, fast and gotten it ready. And, like... And the guy that we record with lives in Minneapolis. And, like, it's 
not cheap to record with him so it just wasn't like in the realm of possibility you know just throw in one of your bedroom easy core songs <laughs> i, I should have honestly if there's any split that it should be part of it would have been that mm-hmm. one <laughs> yeah and then like have sneaky dice be the fourth band <laughs> <laughs> that would have been perfect just yeah. ideal i love but, how on board people are now with the bleeping it's it's just part of the the experience honestly but yeah so like we're sitting on that song we're gonna start so we took that like three month break we didn't really like make a big deal out of it because i think we just needed like to step back from touring and stuff and like live life for once like i just wanted to like focus on my job and like my family and all that kind of stuff so um so yeah so we've just been chilling but starting like every sunday we're gonna get together every sunday and work on new songs and practice and stuff which is wild for us because we never practice or do anything like that hopefully in a perfect world we would have the entire lp like demoed out by like february or march the issue then being we got to figure out like funding realistically we can't afford to do it the way that we've done it in the past because it'll be like thousands of dollars to go to the guy that we usually go to which is like reasonable but we just can't afford that so we might have to kind of like i don't know how to put it just like hodgepodge something together where we do like drums at a studio here in des moines and then record guitars here at me and the drummer's house and then do vocals up with the guy that we usually record with and like so that's that's the bigger issue is just like figuring out how we're gonna do it because we don't like i don't know we haven't really been approached by like labels or anything like i don't really we never really shopped happy again around or anything so mm. it's just at a point where we're like trying to figure out how we can do that by ourselves and we could take out a loan or something but i just don't think that's like fair to everyone in the band to like be like hey here's this big risk that like we don't even know if we're going to follow through on for more than like two years or something you know i just i just always have this like thought in my mind of like okay but what if this isn't what you do forever which is kind of like shitty because usually people in diy are like this is my life and i'm gonna do this forever but that's just like not how i am that's never true when like the people who are like diy is my whole life they're the ones who are out in like two or three years (laughs) yeah well that's the thing like i went to college i got my degree like i've that was like my one thing was i needed i wanted to get that done before like going off and like trying to focus on stars hollow for a few, few years and I plan on going to grad school, so, like, I don't know. I think the, the biggest killer of every emo band is either college or grad school. Like, it's just, like, yeah. kills every single good emo band is someone goes to, like, a higher education. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's that's just kind of where we're at right now is, like, I, I have a bunch of songs that I'm ready to work on with the other band members, and um, I feel like we're going to knock through them pretty quick and get something that we're happy with we're just going to be a little like in limbo on the financial aspect so you know some someone goes to higher education is my favorite descendants album yeah. <laughs> i've never listened to the descendants is that like milo cool? goes to college uh milo oh, goes to that, college that's, that's that like weird little drawing thing right that's the descendants <laughs> yeah that, like yeah, the gla- yeah. okay that, that's like the least punk sentence i've ever said probably but <laughs> 
Can I just say thanks for being candid about like the whole financial thing? Because that's like something that like people probably always run into but never fucking talk about. And that's like yeah, I think people like to some degree think it's like a shameful thing, but it's like there's no fucking way to make money with what we're doing like at the level we're doing it at. You know, like mm-hmm. there are some people like that have just these like really admirable like big dreams of just like I'm going to do DIY and I'm going to be self-sustaining through it and it's going to be great and blah 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 and it's like that's just not realistic those people like don't I don't know that more applies to people who don't have jobs and try to live through DIY I guess is more I remember when I was like 11 or 12 I would like (laughs) like reading all these books and watching all these documentaries about like punk and hardcore and DIY and you know there's always like when you're 11 or 12 you don't really know how the world how the world works so your assumption is like these people who are doing all this stuff are probably like functional adults who make a living right yeah Yeah. you know and then when you when you grow up and that assumption must be like left behind you know um i feel like that is what leads to uh people in diy who don't understand diy no, yeah, These exactly. People who, were, who were never able to leave that assumption behind. Exactly, and it's you kind of just have to if you want it to work out. I don't know, like, like to put it in perspective, like I was looking at, um, I don't know, I'm gonna be very transparent about financial things for a little bit. So after since Happy Again has come out, um, we haven't really withdrawn money from our distro thing. So we do it through just Distro Kid, and so we get like all the royalties or whatever from everything, and we have like 150,000 streams total on like all of our music and that amounts to like $500. So sick. That pays <laughs> see that pays for one day in the studio. Oh so, Christ. <laughs> yeah, that pays for like one day in the studio and mixing and mastering one song. But that's like a so, good studio. Yeah, so like the place we record at is uh called the Warming House with Greg Lindholm and he he records Jetty Bones and Tiny Moving Parts and like all those people. So okay, he, he's so... like He's what very I, fairly priced, honestly. Like what he's I'm saying than is, everyone. learn the LP, go and blow through it in a day, is what I'm saying. <laughs> fucking, I, <laughs> that would be fucking wild, honestly. I wish I could do that. Yeah. That'd be the dream. But no, that's like, because that's the thing, like at a, at a different perspective, like $500 for just like throwing your music up on a service, like a streaming service, sounds cool. And we make a lot of money through merch, you know, like that's like the main place where we make money. And that's why we like try to have really cool designs and print on like nice shirts so that people will buy it and they'll wear it and it'll last them a while. You can only make so much like our band is self-sustaining to the point where like we don't have to pay out of pocket for merch and we haven't had to pay out of pocket for recordings since our first EP. In that sense, it's we're like pretty solid, but it's just like, yeah, once you get to the point where you're trying to like make an album and have something that's cohesive and a bunch of songs and you want it to be like as perfect as it can be like you need like two weeks in the studio like ideally you know 10 to 14 days in a perfect world and that's just too much money that's like the cost of like a used car you know when just uh, kind of hard when, when Sayo sent their debut album they literally spent like three months in the studio just on vocals <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that gives me extreme extreme anxiety. Like just that's that's that major that. label money. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's see that's the thing. I just I just need some big daddy fucking record label to just swoop us up and be like, hey, 
just do what you're doing but we'll pay for it and i'd be great but that's just not how the world works like even if like a lower level record label were to like do something it honestly might not even be like enough because i mean most record labels we deal with are like diy labels that just like will do tapes for you you know no one's fronting you like seven thousand dollars to record a record yeah. even though seven thousand is like cheap in like the realm of recording but i don't know this is like my my soapboxing i was talking about earlier is where like i really strongly believe in like good recordings and caring about your art enough that you want it to be represented super well but that's also the thing with diy is that like a lot of people don't care about that which is nice because not everyone can afford that and it's not fair to assume that everyone can afford that and it's like kind of being i don't know kind of like pushing people away to have that attitude but just for my band personally i want to be able to listen to something that we do and know that it sounds as good as it can so that i'll hate it way less like because i'll hate it no matter what but i just want to hate it way less so on on the one hand i really admire that and then on the other hand one of my favorite screamo albums last year was literally recorded on a webcam and a dictaphone <laughs> that's that's the fucking thing that's <laughs> see i say all this but then but then like i think my album of the year oh no not my album of the year i think a good chunk of my like album of the year list was probably not done in the most like you know pristine environment or anything like and i listened to a lot of bedroom pop shit that sounds shitty because it was literally recorded in a bedroom so when it comes down to it i think it's more of me being self-critical than it is of me being critical of the recording quality it's more of me knowing that i probably am going to have a lot of bad things to say about it anyway so i don't want to give myself another bad thing to say about it by saying that you can't hear the kick drum or that my vocals sound weird or that the guitars are too quiet you know that kind of thing so yeah so i don't know money is just a fucking nightmare so i think that's just kind of i don't know kind of where we're at is like we have the songs and we're starting to work on them and i think it's gonna be super super cool it's just a matter of figuring out how we're gonna make it happen all right sick thank you Thank you everyone for tuning into episode 22 of the e-word <laughs> yeah i ramble like you can always cut me off honestly i, just... I mean but to, it's all to relevant me, it's all good yeah to me that was awesome to hear like someone candidly talk about that because it's like there is that whole spectrum that nobody really talks about like you know s- stuff on this label that people love like honestly like was probably recorded in a bedroom but then like on the whole other spectrum like you can have a jack shirley produced album and like it's like how the fuck did you pay for that you know yeah yeah exactly yeah it's wild like i'm we're kind of in this like in between realm where like there are some bands that are paying like fifteen thousand dollars to go to some studio you know and like just to have someone with a name that's popular tell them what to do but then also like we have friends who are recording in their bedrooms, you know, and putting out music that's better than what people with $15,000 are doing. So, I don't know. It's just wearing this, like... So many Jerome's dream shots right now. I I just want to say to our Patreon subscribers, this is content (laughs) you're not going to get on any other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's that's very true. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, We may want to get into (laughs) what this episode is about. Yeah. (laughs) That's... Yeah, feel free to edit out whatever you have to. I just, I have a, I just have a lot, a lot of things that I don't say out loud very often. So I, I well, decided to dump same. it on you. So, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say ahead of time this might be our actual longest episode. Maybe like, I still have know. a ton of shit to do. Tyler, do you want to play a Stars Hollow song, or would you rather be like, yo, I love this band, more people need to hear them? Actually, yeah, I love this band, more people need to hear them. Okay, so so the band I want you to play is called Lake and Heat. They're super good. They're good friends. The guy, um, the vocalist and main songwriter dude, he uh, his name's Gavin. He actually put out Happy Again on vinyl. He was one of the three labels that oh, okay. helped out with that. And he, he was the one who spearheaded it. So he was like the one that approached us and was like, hey, I love your record so much. Like, I believe in what you guys are doing. So blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, he's in Lake and Heath. And the EP is called A Year Back Home. And honestly, all the songs on there are super good. I just am really bad at song titles. I think it's the like second or third song that I really, really like. So like, yeah, when you go to punch that in, feel free to go with whatever song you like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to hear it right now.
Okay, we're at the point where we're gonna do our top ten albums of the year. This is gonna be round. Uh. This is gonna be round robin style. I kind of made it a little, uh, however you want to make it. So, like for me, I have honorable mentions and I have EPs outside of my top ten. Um, I'm gonna say we I can, also have all those. Yeah, I'm Same. gonna fire those all, all out on the end of it. Um, so I guess. Here we are with number ten. Your your tenth uh, favorite album of the year. I'm gonna kick it off. My number ten, California Cousins, Distant Relatives. I think this might be on at least Ellie's. Um, but this is. It was ch- super close on mine. Super close mine for you. Is, it's yeah. so much higher on mine. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a fucking great Chatterbot release. They just go fucking hard and like the screaming the guitar playing everything about it is just like it's fucking it's so fucking tight and uh seeing them live in chicago was a fucking great show and it's i'm i'm always amazed in this in this this goes for like stars hall too of like trios that can just go that hard and like capture that live that's just like such an achievement and i distant cousins Thank or distant you. relatives check it out you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> is that are we are we gonna have an order for this is there uh yeah i don't i don't know i think if we do have repeat albums though uh we should like keep what we have to say on the album like to ourselves until it shows up for sure i, I agree with that. i agree yeah I agree. okay um let's go with tyler right, uh tyler okay um so i ha- actually have like kind of a tie for number 10 but i'm just going to talk about one of them because the other one is explains itself so the ties between sweetener by ariana grande and error zone by vane um <laughs> pretty starkly contrasted but um so everyone knows ariana's great so i don't need to talk about that but um that vane record it's like slipknot but like made for the modern era and a little better like if slipknot sounded like what vane sounds like right now i'd be like way more into it but yeah i just like kind of put this record on one day just because i was like bored and i was like i haven't listened to any good heavy bands for a while and i was just like immediately like so excited because some of the guitar work reminded me of like lincoln park in a weird way and sometimes it reminded me of just like every new metal band that i really liked and uh they have like a program drum part that sounds like it would be in like, a tsunami commercial like tsunami <laughs> like break i don't know but it, I, I just thought it was a really good record and it was really unique and it stuck out to me and I feel like it was it's one of those things where it kind of is in a position to like influence an entire era of heavy music. And I think that's like really important, especially at a time where I feel like a lot of stuff is just kind of bland. So that's what I have to say about that. I there's so many things I want to scream, but I'll just wait. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, number ten, hundreds of AU, uh, communications link reestablished. This is a uh, East Coast scream up band it's uh tom from many 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 screamo bands but most notably you and i uh oh. just uh coming out with one of the most like such well-constructed songs on this release and they all flow together so perfectly and i think something that uh hundreds of au has mastered is incorporating melody into their heaviest moments so when it's just coming at you like so oppressively um, and just kind of like overwhelming you. There's still like an element of melody and hook that you can grab onto, which is something that I've always been uh, impressed by in 
heavy music. So yeah, if you like 90s screamo, uh, you'll probably enjoy Hundreds of AU because it's pulling from that for sure. My number nine is a band that has had two number one spots in the past couple years for me, and that is Cloud Nothings. Uh, their new record, Last Building Burning, uh, came out this fall. I know like Cloud Nothings. So this podcast probably is like a normie band, but like I've been just like a fanatic for a very long time, and they and this record, I mean, it doesn't. It's it's definitely not as good as the last two, but like what's interesting is like they've become just like a rhythmic machine. Like I feel like they're getting less catchy, and like they're just getting more just like like intense with just like their their rhythmic decisions and it's it's it makes for a really like uh cathartic listen and stuff and um i don't know like it's not like a favorite of mine i mean i still love their pop songs like they like even before like the albums that they broke on they were like just straight up pop and them making like borderline grunge and punk and stuff they're playing at breakneck speeds and it's just it's just like super cool and kind of vulnerable in its own way but uh i'm i don't know i will always love this band and no matter what they put out so uh last building burning it didn't it didn't it didn't like catch on as much as their past releases but it's still good both of y'all talk about music in such a nice and satisfying way I just, I'm admiring that before I move on. I'm just, Thank you. I just use such like dude bro 2010 terminology. For everything. So it's like, okay, so my number nine is uh, Pianos Become the Teeth, Wait for Love. I absolutely love Pianos Become the Teeth. Uh, Keep You made me like want to die the year that it came out, but like in a good way. It's just that record was amazing, but this record was just so much more like it had like an underlying passion to it and it was just very very energetic but while not being like overly so um especially charisma the first single they put off put out from mm-hmm. it was just like incredible and how it just starts with like a single note bass drum and t- then it gets so dancey just out of nowhere um yeah it's a fantastic record makes me want to fall in love which is a very uh rare thing for, for me when i'm listening to music so that's my number nine i started off the year being being like hey i actually like this record and people were being like no it's not great and then i ended the year revisiting it i was like i should have spent more time with it it's it's very good it 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 was i feel like it was easy to forget like that was my only complaint but also like a february release which never helps bands yeah just so early in the year that it's yeah gets overshadowed Mm mm-hmm Okay, uh, my number nine is Room 25 by No Name. Just a really, really, really fucking good jazz rap record. And I feel like No Name, she's one of those MCs that has like a has a real understated quality to her, her voice and her lyricism. And most of the time when I listen to rap, I like rappers that have like a really outsized personality. You know, I really like a lot of like 90s East Coast rap for that reason. Um, cause it just goes so hard, um, in the same way that like, I feel like hardcore of that era goes hard. It just makes you want to go off on shit, but no name is more like, uh, the understated element of East coast rap of that era, such as like a tribe called quest, you know, um, she's got some really great one-liners. Um, 
And the whole record just has like this very dreamy atmospheric quality to it that I just think makes it a really pleasant listen. And it's also only 34 minutes long, 34, 35 minutes long, which is, yeah, awesome. Because <laughs> my, biggest, my biggest problem when I listen to rap is that the albums are too fucking long. But you'll notice with the hip hop albums that are on my list, they're all very short. So, yeah, really, really great breezy listen. Uh, I highly recommend it. Do you like it more than Telephone? Yeah, I do. You do? Okay. I do. Uh, my number eight is Stippling Perfect Life. Um, this is a band that I've been shouting from the rooftops for like uh, this entire year. Uh, their first album came out two years ago. This is like a Philly band. I don't know what kind of like following they have. Um, I don't even know how like active they are. But whenever they're like in the sub, I pop in there. I'm like, yo, fucking listen to this band. Like this, it's and there's like a small following of us. But uh, um, this this is their second record. It's their second full length. It's it's all tracks that are like they like top at two minutes. There's not much more than that. The bass playing on this is like it it's like the best bass in in like emo right now for sure. Like the bass like leads it all. Um, just really fast, cathartic, like kind of Glockamora type stuff. But uh, I just adore this band. Um, and I think Sam from Beep was drumming for them at one point, and I don't know if he is at this point. But uh... um, My number eight, this is probably the least cool thing on my list. Um, Artific- Artificial Selection, Dance Gavin Dance. Um, you like... know what? Fuck the haters. Dance Gavin Dance <laughs> is a great band. I fucking love that band so much. Honest, John Mess is like my favorite, like, I don't know, one of my favorite lyricists. And it's just because it's all nonsense and focused on patterns. Like all of his lyrics are just pattern based. And I like love that because it just makes everything so much cooler. Like a friend of mine said one time that it's like he's almost like another percussionist as opposed to a vocalist because it's just all about patterns and rhythm. But um, Artificial Selection is like, not my favorite record of theirs by any means i liked mothership more um i'm a big like kurt travis fan like as far as like eras go but um but i thought this record was really cool it starts off with just this really calm and pretty guitar line and then it just like kicks right in and i feel like the energy on the album stays up like pretty high for a good chunk of it which is just what i look for a lot in music and the singles that they put out were just like a perfect balance of being like the right level of poppy to like attract new people while also maintaining just who they are as a band and i thought it was really cool that will swan the guitarist he was like listed himself as a producer on the album because that's just like really unique it's almost like treating it more like a hip-hop record than like a whatever post-hardcore mallcore record um there's there's two things that i really appreciate about dance gavin dance one is that they are one of those bands that have somehow blown up and maintained a, le- a strong and high level of popularity while simultaneously being a really fucking weird band. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're exactly. a very, pro- they're, they're very progressive. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say experimental, but they are um, a very interesting band to listen to. They do a lot of like weird, fascinating shit with their guitars. well with their guitar work and with the vocal work and every everything about them just should not work but it does and secondly 
I've always really loved that John Mess and Will Swan are both very open about the fact that they're heavily influenced by like straight like screamo like they're very influenced by the blood brothers they're very influenced by orchid and they like talk about that on twitter like reasonably often um i know like alex from fight fair is really good friends with the dance gavin dance kids so they we were in like a facebook group together for a little bit and that was that was fun a facebook group that (laughs) yeah it was like it was dedicated to scream too so oh that's um, wild yeah it was it was a really cool experience, but yeah, Dance Gavin Dance, gr- great band. Glad that you have them on your list because they're yeah. they're not on mine because I didn't listen to this album. But <laughs> I, I recommend it, obviously. All right. Oh, is it my turn? Shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. My, number eight, Cheer by Drug Church. I have always vastly preferred Drug Church to Self Defense Family. Um, I don't know why, but I th- feel like it's because Drug Church have like a lot like this this very intimate and personal feeling to them that self-defense family doesn't quite end of a year had it but not self-defense i don't know i'm a i'm a pat kindlin scholar but <laughs> something that, that i really appreciated about this this record was that they spent time on it like they spent a lot of time putting these songs together and producing it and it definitely shows especially with the closer which is massive just like a really beautiful way to end the album um maybe not as good as the closer from hit your head which is fucking one of the all-time greatest closers um and also weed pin which just barely missed my best non-emo song of the year uh this year but kyle hit the nail on the head when we were talking about drug church uh, a couple episodes ago uh said very pixies influenced um yeah yeah, I feel that. And that riff on Weed Pen is a perfect example. It's just gnarly, simplistic, catchy as fuck, but it goes hard. Yeah. So, Drug Church here, great record. More on this later. <laughs> uh, number seven, then? Or, yeah, seven. Yeah, number seven. Um, I didn't catch this, but my number seven is 777 by Key and Kenny Beats. Just a perfect hip-hop release in my opinion uh this is i mean i had no idea who the fuck he was until someone's like this is a really good album and i had no idea who kenny beats was which was a bit of a crime for someone who passively listens to hip-hop but kenny beats had a huge year uh with this and like the vince staples and he did a jpeg mafia song but 777 by key it, it as soon as i heard it i was like i couldn't stop playing it and I, I never thought like this could be in my top ten, but I was just like, like no, like this, this, this feels right. This like deserves to be in your top ten. And I don't know what makes it stand out from like any other, any, any other trap. Like it's not like a massively popular thing. Like uh, he's still like very uh, smally build on like the tours that he's done and stuff. And when I saw him in Madison, like it was. Uh, poorly attended as fuck um, but like oh, damn. yeah the, the entire album is just great and uh, Kenny Beats is a huge part of that uh, his, his his production is like is like has like really improved throughout the year uh, but he's just putting like a huge mark on a lot of stuff um, yeah I don't, I don't know how to articulately talk about hip hop but this it's just it's constantly been in rotation and I think like a few 
weeks ago he actually put out like a deluxe version of this album that has like more verses from like big rappers and stuff on it like skeptas on it now and stuff so oh damn okay yeah so if you haven't heard it 777 by key i'm gonna have to check out like any like hip-hop releases you guys like throw out because i'm just so bad at finding like anything i feel like honestly like the only the only way that i get into it is like from someone showing it to me otherwise it's just like i don't know where to start yeah no that's that's exactly how i feel too shit seven right yeah yeah uh graduating life grad life um i loved this record and i've seen in grad life a couple times um i think we played with them a couple times and i always thought that they were cool but i was never like really stoked on anything i was never like listening and being like okay like this is a cool band i need to go home and listen to this but when this record came out i just listened to it front to back like the only way i can really describe how it made me feel was like kind of the same way i felt when i heard three cheers for sweet revenge for the first time when i was like 13 and i don't know why it made me feel that way but it just felt very like grand and like a little over the top but also like relatable um so yeah i liked it a lot there's just like a good balance of like banger songs and like the use of synth on it is like so tasteful and cool um and that's something that i think is hard to do i think a lot of bands that try to use synth do it in a way that's like i don't know just like not cool like it'll just sound like (laughs) (laughs) it'll just sound like dumb and i'll think like okay why didn't you just have like another guitar do that but Uh, because every time i heard it nerds that's it that's the truth but every time i heard a synth on this record i was like fuck like there's no other instrument that should have been doing that like that was so cool and yeah just like really good energy really good songs like lyrically i think it was just pretty transparent and real and that's something that i think gets lost a lot because there's no like i don't know there's no like stoner boy big major stuff in it which i always like because i get annoyed by that but uh but yeah, good record. Grad Life is a good band, and I think they deserve as much recognition as Mom Jeans, and I'll just say that. So, yeah, that's that. Um, number seven, uh, Denzel Curry, Taboo. Uh, I was so stoked for this record from like the minute it was announced. Um, I love Denzel Curry, and um, I feel like his style of delivery is so unique and like i said like i said during uh when i was talking about no name uh i really like outsized personalities when i listen to hip-hop and denzel curry has that in fucking spades like he everything about who he is just bleeds through in his in his delivery and taboo is just not an album that i think has any filler it's just banger after banger after banger and he's so good at punchlines and he is so good at managing the mood of this record i think um it was it just felt like a very brisk and cohesive listen to me and go if going back and listening to like raider clan and then coming to this it's just really cool to see how far he's come in that regard as well so yeah really impressed by taboo great album oh yeah have not listened to him. Damn. I fucked up. I know. You fu- you fucked up hard. <laughs> I don't think I've listened to a single record off of Ellie's so far. So. 
Except for the California Cousins. Wait, no, that was on that, Kyle's. Yeah, Never mind. Me. Yep. Yep. It's on mine. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're on number six. Mine is yeah. Fiddlehead, Springtime, and Blind. Um, this, this, this is a fucking heartbreaking record to listen to. Um, and it's 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 strange how addicting a record this like heartbreaking is because like I as 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 soon as it's come out it's never like not been in rotation at least one time in like in, in like a month for me um i it's 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 just like a super smart record and i don't know i feel like everyone has talked about it and it's it, it's it's just it can't get enough praise really uh the instrument the instrumentation or the production on it is like to, to me is something that really works well for it because i i i don't know how to talk production but i i i I, I feel like a lot of focus is on like the mids because like it, re- it reminds me of something like Ronert Park where like the guitars are just like just there's not like a huge range on it it's just like this I'm probably talking out, out of my ass at this point but just <laughs> like yeah I don't know it's it's I, I didn't think Fiddlehead would have like such a powerful album in them for some for some reason. I, I mean, first of all, it's like a side project for like Basement and all the Pat Flynn stuff. But uh, this is a band that I like, think this I need to see live. This is like the most beautiful Pat Flynn project, I think. It is like, beautiful. I mean, it's about. I think as... I think this is a beautiful record. Um, I don't know if I would say that it is heartbreaking but it's very bittersweet. Pat Flynn is one of those vocalists who, who you you can really feel all of his feelings that he had when he was writing the lyrics, um, and that's been true in Half Heart, that's been true in Free, but the way that he chose to sing on this album, it just, like, it connects very hard, and I like that, that basement uh, the members of Basement kind of seem to step out of their comfort zone instrumentally. They go a little bit more uh, traditionally post-hardcore and a little bit harder than they have in the past on this album. Yeah. Um, I'm just talking about it because it didn't make my list, so I am throwing my take, my take <laughs> on it here. I'll say that, like... It's an, it's an excellent record. Like, the reason why I personally say it's heartbreaking is because, like, I, it makes me, like, terrified to lose my father. Yeah. that's what the album's about it's it it's about losing oh. your, your dad and like i don't ever want to like i don't know it just put me in that really fucked up mindset it's like wow i never want to lose my father because but like like you said it's also is... beautiful like the way that he talks about yeah. it is 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 beautiful yeah, this is actually true a uh, couple because my dad's had like heart issues in the past um like heart episodes or whatever but about like two months ago i had this really awful nightmare where you know he died in his sleep and i didn't know about it until like the next day because you know i don't i don't live with my family i live like a thousand miles away from them and you know i like woke up and like called my dad and checked on him and stuff but i i spent that whole day actually listening to fiddlehead and yeah, you know, yeah. i mean it's terrifying honestly uh, it's a real heavy experience for me so Thanks for thanks for putting it on your thanks putting on your list, Kyle. I did want to talk about it. It just like it didn't make it for me. There was just so much other stuff. It was a very it was it was just a very consistent one for me. Oh shit! Is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
Number six, uh, Tiny Moving Parts, Swell. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I think I've heard you guys talk about this on another episode. I don't know, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I this Another thing with tasteful synth, I think a lot of the synth on this was, like, well-placed. And that, but there was like a song or two where I would hear synth, and I was like, okay, like, that's not that good. But um, I'd say as a whole, I didn't love every song on this record. I like, I think I like celebrate more, honestly. I don't know. It's just like Tiny Moving Parts is a really important band for me. Like this couch was like a, like my gateway drug to a lot of the emo that I got into. Like, I didn't hear Cast Devet or like Snowing or anything until I heard this couch first. So I feel like it's just like kind of a bias thing, but I just think a lot of the riffs were really well done and really catchy. The drumming was a lot more, seemed a lot more intentional in a good way than on past releases. It just seems like it was more well thought out and there's just a lot of catchiness to it. And there's, there's a callback in one of the songs to a song on this couch and that I nerd mm-hmm. out for callbacks. Like I, yeah, I freak out. Oh, you must've loved all, you must've loved the new Oliver Houston. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I sure, I sure as hell did. <laughs> That's why I like the Wonder Years a lot too, because they always do callbacks yeah. and stuff, and like yeah, yeah, and like we do. I don't know, like I always do callbacks in like everything that we do. So it's like I'm just a major sucker for that kind of shit. So um, I once, I once spent like a week trying to get my friend into the Wonder Years, and I wrote like this whole fucking essay about how I how I feel so strongly that they've constructed this beautiful universe inside of you know that trilogy the upside suburbia and greatest generation and yeah how yeah how i how i felt like it it was like a literary work like it it, and it just hit me so hard and it meant so much to me and they listened to it and they were like this is okay i guess and i (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know that shit that wonder years record came out this year didn't it Yep. Oh yeah, but that one sucked. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. That was like it kind of felt like radio rock to me, so that's like probably why it's not on my. It was. List and it was definitely like emo Foo Fighters, but I yeah. saw them live, and you know, I lost my shit ninety percent of the set. Yeah, so you was, have to. Yeah, you've you've got to. But yeah, like uh, Rose Diner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they oh they played Melrose Diner. We gotta talk yeah. about that for one second. That's tight. <laughs> well, that's, that's... that's all. I... <laughs> <laughs> they uh. <laughs> They've been rotating which song from the upsides that they play on the store. It's either Melrose Diner or um They only play one? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's either Melrose Diner or Fuck, what's that? No, it's not it's not two songs from the upsides. It's either Melrose Diner or uh Coffee Eyes. And oh, shit. Yeah. those are probably two of my top three Wonder Year songs. <laughs> so I was gonna be happy either way, but Yeah, I that's the dream coffee eyes and my friend that i've seen them with uh, a couple times now they never play coffee eyes whenever i see him but he's seen coffee eyes live and he just always gives me shit for it that's that's the way oh shit it's my turn okay um <laughs> number six right yeah. some rap songs by earl sweatshirt and i know this is a very recent album but it is an album that has captured my heart and my mind and my imagination uh because <laughs> Oh, this album reminds me a lot of Donuts by, by Jay Dilla um, in that it feels like a collection of lo-fi beats that a producer a young producer would like shop around and say I can I can work with this um, and like I was talking about in the last episode like it's a very it feels very old school in production style in that the samples rely a lot on looping rather than layering 
which I think is very unique. And this record is also, you know, it's also a very heartbreaking record because this is a record that was made in the wake of Earl losing his dad and his uncle and Mac Miller all all in a row. You know, the the lyrics are buried, but they're worth coming back to the album for. And I feel like this is one of those records that I am going to listen to over and over again. Then one day, one day just realize that I know all the words. So, yeah. And I also appreciate that he like scaled back his lyrical approach for this album because he's very well known for his lyrical acrobatics. But this one is just very direct and a lot less writerly from the heart, I guess I would say. Earl Sweatshirt, emo hip hop album of the year. Would this, <laughs> would this be a good one to, to like get into Earl on? No. The, the album that I would suggest to get into Earl would be I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside. Okay. Which is also, it's also just as compact as some rap songs. Both of them are like less than 30 minutes long, but I Don't Like Shit uh, is the most accessible. It, it's very grimy and claustrophobic, but it also is uh, a very welcoming record. Okay. And it's a lot It's a lot of Earl himself. There's not too many features. Word. Well, my number five is a small DIY band called Kid Sees Ghosts. Or Kid See Ghosts. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was, to me, this is like one of the most instant, one of the like that instant reserve spot on the top ten for it albums. Uh, I was blown away from it right away. This is Kid Cudi and Kanye West. Um, I mean, everyone said very articulate things about this album. You can go to any fucking publication; they're blowing smoke. Uh, but it's 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 so fucking good. It 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 seems like master craft level of of like hip hop. You know, you you have Kanye West and you have Kid Cudi like re- returning to form and just making this very vibey thing like i can just imagine them just like in a room just like feeling these songs and putting them out like within a week but at the same time like it's it it seems like something that could have been worked on for like 15 years uh but to me it kind of feels like off the cuff um and just like and it's so compact yeah it's 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 24 minutes long it's seven tracks um is is this the one does the album artwork look like super emo like it looks like it would be like an emo band the album artwork was done by a Japanese artist um, at, who I'm forgetting the name of, but I, I know Kanye has worked with them before. Because um, I think because I think I've seen this album art and been like, oh, I should check that out. That looks like something just based on the artwork that I would like, but I, I never did. So I didn't even know that it was like a Kanye thing. There yeah. was the album art for Ye, which he made on his iPhone. Oh, the album that art could be what I'm thinking. Ye, I think is I think is what it is. That's the yeah. one that like I love hate being bipolar or yeah bipolar. that's yeah. it yeah okay this is another one that missed my top 10 but barely i'm gonna have to listen to it after this because that like all of what you said intrigued me like it's cool. it's very good and i will say the montage of hex sample from kirk Cobain yeah is oh shit. That, it's like yeah, that that meant the fucking world to me yeah it, it kind of fucked me up <laughs> just kind of <laughs> uh, did anyone here watch montage of heck no, no. I knew it would just kind of ruin my day if I did. <laughs> That's accurate. It's it's beautiful. Uh, Kurt Cobain was him, not just Nirvana. Obviously, I love Nirvana, but like Kurt Cobain as a person was a very big deal to me growing up. And mm-hmm. Montage Heck really fucked with me, so highly recommended. I don't know. I like feeling like shit after I come out of the <laughs> I like to feel like emotionally battered. So, all right, All right. Tyler? Um, my number five is 
1975 A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. I fucking love the 1975, like, a lot. Especially within the past, like, year and a half. Like, just the vibe of their music and their guitar work has influenced the way that I play guitar in a weird way. There are some, like, New Stars Hollow riffs where I'll listen to them back while I'm trying to write lyrics and stuff. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, this is, like, a 1975, like, strumming pattern. Like, it's, like, just super... I don't know, just super choppy and like 80s sounding. But I like this record a lot. Um, Love It If We Made It is probably one of my favorite songs from the past like 10 years. It's just all gives, listening to it front to back just gave me this vibe that I was like a teenager again, which is like kind of what I look for in a lot of music, I guess. But it's just like made me feel like I could focus on just like how catchy the songs were. And it made me feel I didn't have to focus on things in like a snooty way like i do with some music but yeah everything's just good and catchy and it has a good flow to it there's like an interesting like story spoken word kind of interlude in the middle that i thought was like weird as hell but it was super cool and then the acoustic song that comes after love it if we made it is like a heartbreaker and yeah it's just a really good record and it's one of those things where it's like i feel super weird having it so high especially since it's like kind of an urban outfitters kind of fucking band but i don't know i love it so in 1975 that's that's that tyler i like you a lot i've decided um (laughs) i'm I'm glad it's mutual (laughs) yeah so i'm only going to pick one thing to clown on you for here uh uh, (laughs) which, which is the lyric the lyric the left and right are pulling farther and apart but you can just click add to cart um (laughs) (laughs) i'm not you know i'm not saying everything's a masterpiece but (laughs) 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 you gotta you gotta have some uh some bad parts to make the good parts even better you know that's 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 a that's a very very beautiful way of looking at the world Uh, (laughs) all right number five is only self by jesus peace so what i want to say about this record is I literally set an alarm on my phone to like the minute I woke up, just listen to this album immediately. Cause I, cause I knew it was coming out the next day and I listened to it like five times in a row. And it's just one of the most perfectly constructed punishing pieces of metallic hardcore that's ever been committed to tape. I think this is what the integrity would sound like or should sound like in 2018. It's like the perfect, contemporary update of their 90s work with like humanity is the devil etc and if i had to summarize this album in one sentence it would be that it reached into my body and pulled my asshole out through my mouth <laughs> i like it when you fu- talk pretty like that. <laughs> that's how fucking heavy this album is I, I was just thinking i was like ellie talks like a pitchfork article except like with better opinions and then you said that and then i was like that that evens it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on because I don't think I can like say anything on top of that. <laughs> um, I'm I'm kind of in a weird predicament where my cat is laying on top of my list. Uh, so let me just that move her a little a bit. Uh, my hop- my sent me like three pictures of her with her cat like earlier and it like definitely drew my attention away from what was being said momentarily <laughs> cats uh, are important yeah. my number four it's hop along bark your head off dog i've said it before like the, this album is just like otherworldly to me like it, it, it 
like it just whenever I hear it, it takes me to like a very specific place, and I don't know if that's just like the production on it. This is a Joe Reinhardt from Algernon pr- produced album, and it's just like the instrumentation is just it's just it's fucking well deep with fucking things that pop up once and then it'll come back sometimes and it's just it's just it's like one of the most uh well thought well put together albums i've heard in like a really long time definitely of this year um a lot of stuff i listen to is just kind of like slopped and just kind of ignorantly put together but like this is just like craft um and i love get disowned i don't love painted shut so i wasn't like looking forward to this but enough people were just like dude no like fucking drop what you're doing listen to it and it's just it's just been there the entire year for me um i feel like joe adds a lot to this with guitar playing and just riffs that are just like how the fuck does someone think of this and that's another thing like i don't i don't understand how like a human can like think to put something like this together like I know they're professional musicians, but it's like, oh, but what if we added this fucking violin part and then we bring it back <laughs> at this point in this song? And it like adds it just makes a world of a world of a difference to to it. Um, I don't know. This is like the best thing in indie rock for sure of this year, at least to me. I think I prefer I really loved Paint It Shut, so I think that is like what the disconnect here is between you and me, Kyle. Like okay. I thought Paint It Shut was amazing. I don't have anything negative to say about this album either. I thought it was great. I listened to it once and I liked it. I just didn't really revisit it very much, but I like literally remember thinking, "Oh, this is really good." And then I just didn't <laughs> check it's it like, back out. But. It's it's definitely not like a passive listen to. Yeah. It's not like immediately uh gratifying. Um also, can we just say like there's nothing emo about how it about hop along. That's it's it's fucking, yeah, no. it's, it's, yeah. it's so fucking indie. It hurts. Yeah, that's accurate. I'd agree with that. Number four, um, Anthony Green, would you still be in love? I haven't listened to Anthony Green a whole ton since Avalon came out in like 2008 or something. I don't, it might not have been that long ago, but it was a while ago. Um, but this album, like, is one of the most beautiful albums I've heard in a long time. Um, the very first song, I think, is called Vera Lynn. And honestly, that kind of drew me in because I was like, oh, haha, like the snowing song. You know, and then I listened and I was like, oh, shit, this is like really good because it's it has kind of like this like minimalistic, like 1960s vibe to it of just like simple songwriting, pretty melody. Like, I just really liked it a lot. And then I kept listening and like further in, you kind of get more of that, like good old war influence of them being like his backing band. And you can see it and be like, oh, this like you can see the good old war like takes part in this, but it's, it's never so much that i feel like i'm listening to a good old war song which is what i worry about with that a lot but yeah just front to back beautiful record i there was not a single song on it that i wanted to skip it just goes back to more of those like singer songwriter roots that i liked avalon a lot for and he didn't even need like pete wentz in a music video to get me to care about it like (laughs) back then so yeah really good record and if if anyone hasn't like listen to anthony green for a long time i would recommend jumping back in with this just because it's like uh it's a good it feels nostalgic but also just feels like a brand new experience at the same time so it's cool i've gotten a lot of uh unfavorable and unpleasant celebrity comparisons but i strongly remember one of the nicest things that anyone has ever said to me is that i look like a cross between anthony green and gerard way 
And that's that's the best thing you could be. Yeah. <laughs> that made me that made me feel very very good about myself for that's approximately twenty approximately twenty minutes until like the black hole of validation took over. So uh, <laughs> that's what we all, all right. strive to be. Yeah, but Anthony Green's very extremely talented person. Oh like, yes, it's objective, like it's undeniable. Anyway, number four, Error Zone by Vane. A lot higher on my list than yours. Kyle, is this on your list at all? It's not. No? No. I remember you, like, really enjoying it uh, and, like, talking to me about it. I love it. it. Like, right after it came out. Yeah. I think that this album is one that snuck up on me. I don't remember really loving it when I first heard it, despite the fact that I was really looking forward to it. I got the leak, listened to it early. Um, But since it came out, I've just slowly found myself kind of back to it and back to it and back to it more and more as the year goes on and I feel like it's not as monstrously heavy as Jesus piece and it's not as searingly personal and direct as uh, hers collective but there is just this element of song craft that is undeniable I feel like the way that Vane uh, utilizes new metal aesthetic while still maintaining the the basic energy and heaviness of hardcore is extremely appealing to me and the use of clean vocals is extremely well done like yes. i feel like clean vocals are coming back in like pro- hardcore proper and i could not be more stoked on that and i think vane are one of the bands that is doing it the best um Ultimately, I just think it's a very well-crafted record, and I think that it plays with sonic textures very well. It plays with guitar tone very well. Um, it, the incorporation of electronics is done not in a, like a like an experimental way, but in a way that almost makes it more accessible. Like that, the break beats in the opening track so fucking chef's kiss. But yeah, stellar record and twenty-seven minutes. So <laughs> the dream, yes, <laughs> sweet spot. Theme. All right, moving on. Number three, Drug Church Cheer. Um, mm. this, I feel like this album came out like like a month ago, and it basically did. And I feel that strongly about it that it got a number three spot for me. And there are just so many just like moments on this record that I can't get out of my head. Like even if they're not like musical, just like lines get stuck in my head. Oh, uh, you push your sister's boyfriend down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, that uh and such a fucking good <laughs> lyricist. Like such a fucking good lyricist. Yeah, and you could like hear him and I think that's the thing. Like on 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 self-defense, he's I guess less like clear, but here it's like up front. It's like it's just as engaging as the music and the music's really engaging and um when I first heard 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 this I'm like, okay, like this is for some reason it's way better than anything else they've put out and I, I still don't know why but I think it's just I mean you said there's more t- they like took their time on it I guess but you don't like hit your head I mean I really like them I've always been like more of like a passive fan like I'll definitely check out everything that they do but this like I didn't think they had something this profound in them and profound is what it fucking is I, I, like it's and it's on pure noise yeah it's it, yeah. it's all really surprising to me yeah, I think Patrick is, this is, like, the best thing I've heard him do, for sure. And, uh, okay, this kind of reminds me of, like, Single Mothers, where it's, like, that, like, kind of, like, talk, 
just very sardonic and like like dark humor kind of stuff but a hardcore version of the hold study yeah yeah which is something yeah. that we've always wanted um but yeah, this man, like, that first single mothers record sorry to get off track but that first negative qualities by single mothers it's, fuck it's great that's my album of the year ever year. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like very blown away by it and uh i don't know is this is this a hardcore record do we do we like call this hardcore i don't know if i would i don't think i would it's definitely it's definitely a jace yeah um it to me it's it's post hardcore for sure yeah um yeah, that's all I got for it. Let's see, number three. Okay, my number three is Nicole Dollinganger, Heart Shaped Bed. She put um, out a record this year. Really? Yeah, Heart Shaped Bed came out. So she, uh, she put out half of it um, really early this year or late last year, but she put out the half of it that she completely wrote. And then the second half of the record was like co written and produced by other people. So, um, the full thing came out like a couple of months ago it was like right around around halloween maybe like a week before but um so like natural born losers was like is probably one of my most listened to albums of all time i love that record so much um so i had like really high expectations for this and honestly it it probably met the expectations which i didn't expect it to but um yeah i think the whole thing just like has really good use of like both the more like haunting chill acoustic instrument vibe of things like just like pianos and like like acoustic just all the things that like make it seem haunting but then she does a lot of program drums and stuff that makes it more electronic feeling throughout she always plays shows with like code orange and stuff and like heavier yeah bands, i was gonna which... see <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say did you like see her with code orange no i'm actually very bummed i haven't but um but it's one of those things where like when I listen to this record, it makes sense to me that that happens because it's just so eerie and there's just a thing about it that like feels like you're watching some kind of like really melancholy like part of a horror movie where something bad is about to happen but it hasn't happened yet. And I don't know, I just really like the first half of the record, all the the stuff that she like completely wrote herself is just phenomenal and I grew like got really attached to it when it first came out and then the second half coming out with it in October blew me away too cuz there's a song that just sounds like it would be like I don't know like Deftones would co-write it or something and then there's another song that sounds like Grimes co-wrote it and it's just a really well-balanced record and I think it made sense for where she was at in her career so I love, love it it's good stuff Number 3 for me uh Distant Relatives by California Cousins I am as surprised as anyone that how far this climbed up my list because I came into 2018 feeling like Twinkle was dead to me. And, <laughs> and there's been a litany of releases this year that have just like completely re-sparked my interest in it and passion for it. And this is definitely one of the prime examples of that. And I think the reason that this appeals to me so much is it's dancing. It's dancey and it's groovy. It is. It's groovy as hell. Yeah. yeah. And so no matter how intricate the guitar gets or how harsh the, the, the vocals get, you always have that fucking that rhythmic bass to fall back on. And I fall back on it uh, every single time that I listen to this album. Like listen to it maybe like a hundred fucking times already this year. And I think the vocal hooks are perfect. I think that 
all the jams are perfect because if there are some moments on this record where it feels like they just decided to fucking jam and it works so well and the their feedback works so well the guitar tone on this album is one of the most perfect fucking yeah tones. yeah that's a good point it's not it's not too fat it's not too thin it's just like fucking punches you like it's right like, in the face exactly it's like really unique to their sound too right yeah i don't i haven't heard any band that has been able to capture this guitar tone and i love that the vocals are buried in the mix i love that there's like a little bit of mystery to them um yeah i feel like when i hear a cali cousin song like i know it's a cali cousin song like right away like yeah for sure and i feel like i i can trace a lot of the like the groove and dance to it back to the fact that cali cousins uh were in a hardcore band they were in knife cold and i can feel that like i can feel the hardcore and the screamo influence as well as like the blatant pop elements in here and i don't know this album this album like really fucking took me by storm when it came out so i hope that california cousins continues to blow up as much as they seem to be right now i hope they get mom jeans big hell yeah before we get into our number twos i just want to ask do you do y'all know what our lists are going to end up on you mean are you are you asking what we think everyone's number one yeah. is going to be? Yeah, or number one okay. and two. Number one and two. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they'll be the same as either of y'all's. Like, there's some options that I. That I, I mean, Kyle, mine might. One of mine might match up with yours, but I don't think Ellie would be down with <laughs> the situation here. <laughs> everyone's number one is Mom Jeans Puppy Love. I'm calling it oh, right now. Oh no no no. <laughs> Uh, did Just Friends make an appearance on anybody's list? I don't. I don't they're know. on my. Don't say. I'm yeah. gonna give them a shout out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, mentions. Okay. So now I like. I don't know. I thought like those could be in your top two, Tyler. But I'm. I. I didn't know how to read you there. I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, my number two is a wild card, honestly. So okay. it'll. Kyle knows my number one already, so it's like unfair of him yeah. to. <laughs> okay, I'll start with my number two then. Oh wait, what's uh, the... No, wait, 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 Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. What? I think I think that your number two is going to be Astro World. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. <laughs> 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 My number two is Awake with Still in Bed. What people call low self-esteem is really just seeing yourself as the way that other people see you. I fucked up that a little bit at some point, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this is to me the emo album of the year for sure. I feel like we all just gotta gotta like drop what we're doing and appreciate an album like this because it doesn't come out that often. It's 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 huge. It means the world to me. Catharsis, thought, it's very thoughtful. Just song structure is so good. Um, there's influence that's like yeah emo, like the hotel year. But um, reading all of her interviews and stuff, she's into some cool stuff like. Rival Abacus, they might be giants. There's oh, lot, yeah. yeah, there's lots of in, influence there, and um, Alice in Chains. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's an album, you know, just 100 percent worth celebrating, uh, especially for this like scene in the genre. So, Ellie, you're. I I wish I would have liked it sooner. It, you know, like it doesn't matter because you're gonna like it. That's how yeah, I'm... I mean, I like it now. Like that's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this was the year of Awake with Still in Bed for me. 
Hell yeah. All right. What is um, this number two? Number two. Um, yeah, this isn't going to be on either of y'all. <laughs> it's uh, Brockhampton Iridescence. Um, mm. I fucking love Brockhampton. I did not like Brockhampton whatsoever until this album came out. Um, we were on tour with Charmer and our bassist Jess and the photographer we brought, his name's Beck. Um, they kept talking about Brockhampton because they kept talking about how like they had new songs coming out and there was like a lot of hype and it was going to be so cool. And I was just like, okay, like whatever. It's probably just some like whatever band that I won't care about. But then I listened to the opening song, which is, I can't remember if it's Berlin. I don't, I don't remember the song names at all, but it just like goes hard. And it's just like every rapper is just so like unique. Like they all have such a unique style of their own that just like melds together really well. Um, the songs in terms of flow are just like phenomenal. There are some songs that are like a minute long that like just bridge into the next one perfectly. They have some songs that are just like conversations with like a loop behind it that are just really like tone setting. But yeah, this this record was incredible. I don't think I would ever care to like see them live or anything because like I just feel like that might ruin the experience for me. But as a record that I can sit down and listen to, phenomenal. It's like one of my favorite records I've heard in a long time. And it's just unique. And I'm behind the boy band wave. I'm I'm part of it now. So I like Rockhampton. I have not listened to this record and like I I, I started off I this listened. year being hugely into Rockhampton. At least like this like the whole saturation trilogy. I highly, highly recommend it. It's just like I don't know. It just hooks hooked me from the first song and then like when you hit the song Wait it's just like so cool. There's like a part in the song "Wait" where did you guys did y'all ever listen to the sound of animals fighting? Yeah. Yes. There's like a part that straight up reminds me of a song by the sound of animals fighting. Like, it's fucking amazing. Um, which is weird just because it's a hip hop album, but like one of the dudes I'm pretty sure his name's Joba or or whatever. I'm pretty sure he used to be an emo kid probably. So <laughs> it makes sense. But yeah, really good record. Highly recommend it. Number two on my list is uh, Friends, Lovers, Favorites by the HERS Collective. Um, HERS are a band that have been around for a very, very long time, since like 2011, and they are only now really starting to get the, the notoriety that I think they deserve. Um, they are... A, well, they're pissed off. <laughs> so, I, was trying to, I was trying to describe their genre, but they're pissed off. They're grindy their emo violence see yeah at some points uh sludgy straight up breakdown and beat downing at others i i don't really they're they're undefinable essentially but they're a pissed off band they are radically political they're extremely personal the fact that they like hardcore this year but everything in general this year became like extremely politicized, I think, for good reason. But I think that hers, like, straight up naming a song a signed cop at birth, ACAB, that's fucking gutsy as hell. <laughs> that is. That's so confrontational. That's everything that made me fall in love with hardcore. And hearing, hearing a band be so open and personal about being trans and so confrontational about being trans and incorporating that into like not not just the their lyrics but the the overall vibe of the band like 
everything about it just feels queer as fuck you know like there there's nothing about this album that is cishat um <laughs> it's punishing and it's fucking violent it makes me feel like i've being thrown around the room like a rag doll but it's also catchy and hooky as all hell and the features are so good they got Laura Jane Grace on this record they have uh, Shirley Manson from Garbage on this record like it's and it's it's so beautiful and consistent I maybe beautiful is not the correct word but it's beautiful in a, its own disgusting ripped from the dredges of an ashtray that's a year old <laughs> type of way I, I don't know. This this record like really just came and kicked me in the fucking face this year, and I'm really happy about it. They like seem to have like this like cult fan base. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Because like I've because I've been hearing about like yo like have you been to a her show b- before shit for like like when I was into like the grimy power violence shit, and I mean like they don't like. Like, they, like, live in that scene, but it's also, like, they also live in, like, the queer community, like, very well. Like, they're, like, well-known in that. And, like, their shows, they, like, literally just, like, Jenga piece guitar amps on top of each other, play drums through an iPod, and have, like, a dance party in the middle of yep. all of their sets. That's why. yeah. It's just, like, the most fringy, beautiful thing in the entire and... hardcore world. <laughs> I guess I would describe them as like the gay beatdown version of Cloud Rat. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, musically, yeah. I don't know. They're an amazing fucking band, and they're not. I guess they're not really a band. You know, they're not like an artist. It's a, it's a amorphous, ever shifting collective. But Mm -hmm. they have somehow maintained this consistent voice over the course of seven years, and that's also extremely impressive. Yeah, and like it's. I thought it was so fucking wild to, to like one day click open the internet and see like hers is debuting a song on NPR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Amazing. Amazing. But it really didn't them. do like that much for them. Like, like they aren't on lists really. I mean, not on like mainstream lists or anything, but yeah. I mean, well, uh, yeah, I think that's like a demographic uh, kind of thing. They're on the AV clubs list. Oh, oh that's tight. Well, there you go. Yeah. And they're on uh, the No Echo list, but sure. that's because of me. So <laughs> <laughs> you that have my power. Yeah. <laughs> By the power of baseball. Yeah. All right, Kyle, you wanna you wanna do your number one? Yeah, my number one, JPEG Mafia veteran. Um, All right. I was uh, that was my second guess for your number two, actually. Okay. After Astro World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this album really just fucking does it all for me. Like it's just extremely pissed off. It's, 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 it's you know it's noisy rap for lack of a better descriptor. Um, yes, you can make a comparison to Death Grips, but I like it more than well, yeah. Death Grips. I wish I wish Death Grips sounded like this. Yeah. Uh, just way experimental like fucking sampling ODB vocal frying and then just screaming over it I mean honestly the song that hooked me in was I cannot wait until Morrissey fucking dies um (laughs) it's just it's 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 just absurd but it's also just like intensely my shit in my ear I can never just like not like 
think of myself pressing play on this for the first time because I was like, I need to cherish this moment. Like this, like I only get to listen to this for the first time one time, and like it's making every hair on my body stand up straight. It's just, and like I, 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 I don't have many words for this besides like it just makes me. It's just it just fucking moves me in like the most weird, cathartic, angry way, and it's like intensely political. It's so confrontational. Um, yeah, it's it's just been something that I've known is gonna be my favorite album of the year, and I'm gonna think back on 2018 as the year that Veteran came out because I'm fucking stupid. So that's my number one. <laughs> Incredible. Um. I've just realized I think that like the only album I've had in common with either of y'all the whole time was the Vane album. That's wild. Oh wow, sick. I'm kind of yeah. like happy about that. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I mean it's a pretty cool like thing that we all three have like such diverse like lists. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I don't know. You just like, I feel like a lot of people that would like come to this podcast like and listen to this would expect that we have like the same like five bands you know with a little bit of variation but it's like all different which is tight i've what i've also enjoyed is that like what we're saying about the albums has only become like more emotional as as we're going forward like we're just getting more and more invested as we're going up the list which Mm -hmm. i guess is how like the order of the list should work but i've i've just really enjoyed like feeling that progression yeah for sure yeah it starts off kind of just like oh this was a cool album then it turns into like this album wrecked my life kind of yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, my number one is uh, Charmer their self-titled record I love Charmer we actually we've done two tours with Charmer and the first one was like random like we just got asked by a by their booking agent from No Sleep like if we wanted to do a tour with them because we were at about the same level and like we you know we're in the same realm of music and so we had never met or heard of Charmer before and so we started the tour first day of tour just like not knowing each other whatsoever and very quickly just like loved each other's music loved each other's people and then this album came out after that first tour and i just could not stop listening to it um it's kind of like when i heard what's the free throw record called those days are gone, those days are gone. yeah i i felt kind of the same way except stronger like i liked that free throw record but when listening to this charmer record i just was like so invested and it just reminded me of being in college and it the songwriting was just so like tasteful and the songs aren't like overly indulgent like they each song just does what it needs to do and then is done like it doesn't like feel the need to like wait around and like try to be over the top and i really like david's lyrics i just think he writes really really interesting lyrics they're just kind of like feel like slice of life lyrics almost just like not trying to be deep or anything it's just like hey this is what's happening this is how it happened here's how i felt about it and then the song's over i just really admire them as people and songwriters and that record honestly is going to stick with me for a long time both because the songs are just really amazing and we just have i feel like our band has a lot of positive memories just attached to that band and those songs so um so yeah charmer self-titled it's probably one of my favorite emo records i've listened to in the past like five years that's that's my my list fuck yeah kyle already knows but tyler would you like would you like to take a stab at guessing what my number one is gonna be 
is there okay so is there like a chance that i know or is this like there's no way i'm gonna get it right no there's definitely a there's definitely a chance that you know it's a very ellie pick i think <laughs> see From... you say that but then if it's a true ellie pick i will have never heard of in my life jesus christ so, <laughs> I'll, I'll literally you'll say it and i'll be like nope just fucking no idea so i'm not even gonna try because it's gonna be some like band called like cold floor and now it's gonna be called like <laughs> trunk face and you're gonna be like this was re- reminiscent of 1980s screamo and i'm gonna be like i don't know what's happening so <laughs> all right uh my number one album of this year is what people call low self-esteem is just seeing yourself the way that other people see you by awake but still in bed oh i should um, i should have guessed that honestly yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first time i heard this album i was like this is a really good album you know like the way that most people hopefully felt when they when they heard that album for the first time um and awake but still in bed were coming through las vegas and I decided I was just going to go see him. I didn't have any friends who wanted to go with me to this show. Like, all the people who said they were going to go with me fucking bailed last minute. So I was like, I'm going to go see Awake But Still In Bed by myself. Fuck it. And went to the show. They played an amazing set. Hung out with Shannon afterwards. And we had, like, really weirdly long personal conversation. Um, And I went back and listened to the album on my way home. And listened to it and listened to it and listened to it until 4 in the morning that night and I th- I think the fact that this album came out in January and I decided it was my album of the year like after seeing them that time and it's just not even my opinion has not even wavered like not even once on that it's just consistently been my favorite thing musically that's come out this year at all and we're we're getting to the point now where like I feel so strongly about the music that I don't I don't even have words. It it's just it comes together perfectly. It, it's so cohesive. It's kind of a concept record. You'd say that, right, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of I would a concept say so. record about about depression, about like that end of a relationship that well, was not going so great, maybe. And and it it just like feels like a part of me like there there's there's something about this music that feels like it it tapped into a part of like my brain that i didn't even realize was there but now it is and awake but still in bed occupies it wholly and completely and yeah there's really nothing nothing else to say about this record i think it's perfect i think like the same way that kyle says that 2018 is going to be the year the veteran came out 2018 is going to be the year that Wake But Still In Bed's debut came out and knocked me on my ass. Amazing <laughs> record. Yeah. Well, for the sake of Do time, honorable that's just, I'm, I'm going to run through my honorable mentions. I'm going to run through EPs because I put EPs separately. Uh, All right. My honorable mentions, Snail Mail, that's like number 11 for me. Definitely. Um, Cursive, Vitriola, uh, Parquet Courts. Is that album called Wide Awake? Yeah, I think that album's called Wide Awake that album fucking rules um on a birch quit the curse fred thomas after and jeff rosen stuck he put out an album and it's not in my top 10 how fucked up is that that must have been a good year for music <laughs> uh right can- yeah candy good to feel man that album's fucking good too joyce manor million dollars to kill me i love it more than oh, most shit. people riley walker 
uh, the Lily White Sessions. That's the Dave Matthews thing. Um, EPs, Stars Hollow, Happy Again. Uh, the Max Seal EP, Darkle, Pain Train, and the Everyone EP, and Origami Angel doing the most. Good. Like, this is a good-ass year for emo EPs in particular. Oh, yeah. Almost yeah. all my EPs are emo, for sure. Yeah, same. Same here. It's a good list. Shit. Um, mine are, like, I don't know. I don't even have the album names written down because it's just like the the bands I think that were like that mattered that I didn't listen to enough. But um, just friends. I think that that record was super good, but it just wasn't like exactly what I loved the most. But it, I think it had a big, big impact on the community. Um, yeah. Mom jeans. Once again, like the record, just didn't um, click with me quite as much. Um, Golfer. I feel like. Oh motherfucker. Yeah, that, that record reminded me <laughs> of. The first time I heard that Golfer record, it reminded me of the first time I heard Grow Up Dude by You Blew It. And, like, that's a good thing because I really like You Blew It. But, um, I don't know. I just didn't go back to it very much. But I, like, I know objectively in my mind that it's good and that it's something that I would like. Um, Hot Mulligan Pilot, once again, in, it's just a really influential thing for the scene at this time. And that band's going to do crazy things. Um, Awake but Still in Bed, just didn't have enough time with it. Um, but acknowledging it now, I know that it's really good and that I'm probably going to start listening to it way more. And then uh, Many Rooms put out a record this year that was really, really good. Um, it reminded me of, I think, Grouper is the artist's name. But um, I really, really, en- yeah, I really enjoyed it. Very chill and atmospheric. Um, just like I used it more as background noise. I didn't listen like super intently. Then EPs, uh, Gami Gang doing the most. That I fucking love Ryland. I love Origami Angel. Uh, that was one of my favorite releases of the year for sure. Uh, Commander Salamander, their like two song thing that they put out. I like Pamela especially a lot. Really good yeah. song. Uh, with Iowa in between, I talked about them at the beginning of the podcast, I think, like 5,000 hours ago. Um, <laughs> it's got so many ways to not say anything. Really, really good. Um, it's weird they recorded with the same guy that we do they had the artwork done by the same person that did happy against artwork and it's just like i don't know they're like a buddy band i love those people a lot um boy genius that ep was incredible especially phoebe bridgers like songs more so i loved them so much and then lake and heath a year back home that's uh the song that i said to put in earlier and it's uh it's a very good ep highly underrated i think gavin deserves the world so yeah that's those are mine right honorable mentions uh come over when you're sober part two by little peep the only reason this did not make it into my top 10 is because it was posthumous and kind of cobbled together had little peep still been alive and spent maybe a little bit more time with this record and polishing it making it what he wanted to be this probably would have been much higher um uh enemy by ostraka really really good richmond screamo uh good to feel by candy I, I don't know what else to say about that that record. <laughs> Filthy. I uh, wish it were longer. Yeah. Uh, the Ghost Spirit and Frail Body split record. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Frail Body. Uh, no Matter the Cost by Blind Justice. Uh, one of the hardest and most immediate hardcore records I've heard in a long time. Uh, Time and Space by Turnstile. Uh, Let Pain Be Your Guide by Portrayal of Guilt. Uh, really happy that those, those people are from Austin. Uh, I think that's fucking great. Really excited to see them next time they start playing shows um the self-titled lp by youth e-u-t-h uh really good kind of white belty false grind um the infant island self-titled which is like shoegaze meets screamo 
uh, Demi Ma by Respire, which is uh, post-rock meets black metal meets Screamo. Uh, Gillian Carter, This Earth-Shaped Tomb, mm. uh, really progressive, emotive hardcore record. Uh, Pusha T, Daytona, Kids See Ghosts, um, Live and Let's Die by Kid Farrell, which is some of the catchiest fucking scrams I've heard in forever. Uh, uh, Coma Regalia, The Mirror, just another great record from Coma Regalia. Dirge of Escapism by Primal Right, which is uh, power trip, but better, in my opinion. And Lucy is like one of the best vocalists in the scene working right now, for sure. Uh, Veteran by JPEG Mafia, Fiddlehead, Springtime and Blind, Dog Blessed by Golfer. And I'm going to end it with the Cheem TV record because I don't know what my feelings on it are, but they are very strong. <laughs> so I, 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 some I have no idea if I like it or not. Um, EPs, Max Seal, Map It Out, uh, No Capitals, No Spaces, uh, Nearsighted, and Consider It Disastrous. Uh, really good beat down E-Scream OEP. Uh, the self-titled EP by Emma Goldman, uh, Easy Listening by Dad Thighs, There's a Dark Shadow on the Flames of the Burning Sun Part 1 by Short Fictions, uh, Monuments of Grief by Clavel, which I cannot recommend more, just really progressive, interesting, uh, ex- like, just extremely progressive hardcore that's how that's how i describe it uh dark old pain train uh one-sided lp by lytic which is a new band from members of seisha it's very good um the demo by diana crawls uh i love you by meth uh rat race by nesh which is more white belty false grind shit i love it uh the common salad two song ep uh changes by Millspec, which is instant classic hardcore ep for sure uh, Stars Hollow Happy Again and the number one spot is a tie between Origami Angel doing the most and Commit More Arson by Binary. Thanks thanks for putting me on both of y'all's uh, list. That that makes me want to cry. There's no question. No fucking that, question. Yeah. That, makes me, that makes me want to cry. I'll, I'll, I'll be <laughs> sure to tell Jesse and Andrew too. Andrew won't care but Jesse will, will care. So, Let's blast through these our email best of 2018 awards. Um I say we just all go at once. Uh, emo artist of the year, awake but, awake still, in but still in bed. Yeah, I said charmer, but that's you, you know <laughs> the bias is real. <laughs> I imagine these will kind of be all the same, maybe for everyone. But best emo album, awake but still in bed. What people? Yeah. Charmer. <laughs> uh, best new emo artist, awake but still uh, in bed. I say Gami. Gami. I don't know if I call him new. Yeah, I think any my my standard for new is more so like doesn't have a full length out most of the time or like they've just now broken to some point. But I agree they're not like new new, but in the realm of like I've never heard of you before. It's they got me. I'm gonna say awake but still in bed because it has to be, you know. Yeah, but... it felt it felt wrong to put something else for me. Yeah, best emo band to break up. Oliver, Oliver Houston. Houston. Oliver Houston. Yeah. See, I misunderstood this question, and I thought you meant like the one we were most glad broke up. <laughs> um, I literally wrote down all emo should break up. But <laughs> but that but Oliver Houston would be my answer, honestly. So yeah. say anything was a close second for me though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's, uh, best emo song. I went with Shoulder It by Retirement Party because that's such a good fucking song. That's like Oh, we didn't talk about Retirement Party at all. No. Uh, Good um, man, though. I went with uh, Hold My Ticket by California Cousins. 
I think that's just like um, an immaculately constructed song. I had a I had a tie between "Thanks I Hate It" by Gami and then "Topanga Lawrence" by Charmer. Topanga. Oh uh, yeah, my runner-up is definitely Rom Hack. By the way, Rom. Yeah, yeah, I had Rom down and then I scribbled it out for "Thanks I Hate It," but good stuff. Um, best our emo post. So um, my favorite one is basically clowning on the fact that it exists, but it is. This is the number of people who want the mods to unban Sister Cities. <laughs> what? That, that was such a fucking shit show. That was so stupid. That, it, it totally is, like, the funniest R.E.M.O. post because it's that fucking stupid. So I had to put it there. All right. I went I also clowning on the post, but I went with your sad SoundCloud rap is not emo. because oh, it was that's a good a one. Bunch, it was just a, a bunch one. of butthurt elders like talking about how how rap and emo should not coexist which had vaguely racial implications for me but whatever i put uh sarcastically every single american football post (laughs) (laughs) because i'm fucking tired of it every year at the end of every year i like look at the top posts of the year uh for our emo and like it never fails that at least the first eight of them are American football related. Yeah. yeah. Like there, there was one where that, that guy was playing um, Never Meant on a guitar and a bass at the same time. And that was like, that's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, the rest is just like people posting the pictures of the fucking house and then yeah. posting how they have a picture of the house on their debit card and then saying <laughs> they want to take a road trip to the house. It's just, like we, we went there. It was very underwhelming. It's a house. Like take a picture yeah. and go. Oh, like post it on your personal stuff. I don't want to see it on Reddit. I don't know. I hate everyone, but that's not <laughs> what I have to say. All right. Best REMO mod. I mean, Ellie, you're the best REMO oh, mod. Oh, thank. I don't. You. I don't know who the mods are. So sure. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, I said none of the mods really did anything this year, to my knowledge. So <laughs> I, I guess Radbones, since he seems cool. Uh, uh, I like him a lot. I've, I've been like for a long time. Yeah. He's very sweet. Alright. Best non-emo artist? Peggy. JPEG Mafia. Vane. I said Brockhampton. Mm. Uh, best non-emo album? I'm going to go with Bark Your a- Head Off, Dog. Arizona. Think... Yeah, mine was Iridescence, Brockhampton. Best... Yeah, weird that you didn't get the veteran there, Kyle. <laughs> I wanted to okay, I think Bark Your Head Off Dog is the is the most well crafted album of the year, but it's just not my favorite album of the year. Alright. You know what fair. I mean? Okay. That's that's all fair. Um best non emo song, Wide Awake by Parquet Courts. Uh I went with uh, Perks by Denzel Curry. Um I think that song's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's funnier uh-huh. than anything Eminem has done in like twenty years. <laughs> That's probably true. I haven't heard it, but I can only assume <laughs> based on Eminem's life now. Yeah, it's um, just a, it's just a fuck off track about SoundCloud rappers and like Denzel doesn't fuck with perks. That's that's the message. That's good TLDR. That was fantastic. Um, love it if we made it was mine. 1975. That song bangs. Okay. okay, that's it. But I have some some quick like recap things you know we're at the end of the year um any other 2018 follow-ups such as was this a good year for emo do you have any predictions for emo in 2019 is this a good year for music i think 
I, I think this whole time I didn't think it was a great year for music, but around this time I was like, holy fuck, there's a lot of albums that I actually really liked and loved. Yeah. Um, for emo, I think it was like, like is is it corny to think that this is kind of like a transitional year for for for? It's definitely emo? a transition. I was I was yeah. just thinking the same thing. I felt like everything that I really, really liked was from bands that are like just now starting to get traction. Exactly. So I feel like next year or 2020, I'll like be over the moon about like what these bands are putting out. But yeah, this year like. I think it was a good year for music overall, but for emo, it was like, yeah, very much a transitional year or like a startup year for a lot of bands. It was a great year for emo EPs. Great, exactly. yeah, great year for yeah. for bands who are starting out and putting out like just giving people a taste of what they're capable of. And meanwhile, I feel like a lot of the LPs that came out this year were a little rough. And I feel like definitely like you have this clash between people who are doing something new or doing something interesting or doing something unique versus uh, I don't know like Riley <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know there's like a there's a huge contrast there how fucked up is that no one had Foxing even mentioned oh fuck yeah. they, been on my, they honestly okay if I'm being real they should have been on my honorables because I hated that record when I first heard it and then it kept coming up on my Spotify like radio for everything else I would listen to. And I would pick up my phone and go, oh, shit, who's this? This is cool. And then I'd see it was Foxing every time. <laughs> but knowing that it was Foxing, I hated it. But not knowing that it was Foxing, I loved it. Um, that's that's I, where I I hated it. it when I first heard it, and I still hate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's consistent. That's good. Uh, um, anything else about 2018 and music and and emo i mean I, I guess what 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 do you think emo in 2019 is going to be like do you think it's going to be like i mean we I'm, I'm trying to think of things that are announced in 2019 it's not much besides american football and law dispute i mean yeah. i think i think the new wave of bands coming up is basically like like the the newer bands that i'm super excited about are essentially influenced strongly by pop punk and hardcore mm -hmm. like that's that's what I hear a lot in the newer emo bands that I'm excited about, and I love that they're they have those influences and that they're strongly DIY. And I love seeing this like real close knit network kind of blooming around me, you know. For sure. Um, oh, Prince Daddy and they, 2019 probably, and that'll probably be oh, yeah. huge. That Prince Daddy 2019 that's happening for sure. Um, I feel like next year there's gonna be like a few more releases from the current Kings, and then. 2020, the the torch will be fully passed to Stars Hollow and Origami Angel and Thomas. <laughs> in a in a perfect world, we'll see. We'll see if the if we all stay bands for that long. <laughs> I mean, I, if if Stars Hollow sticks around, I think that they will eventually be regarded as like the tiny moving parts of this era. That's very flattering, and I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, well, how was the E word in 2018? And we we and we can answer from within. And Tyler, if you wanna give, us I want to hear Tyler's perspective from a from a listenership perspective. Yeah, I think I think you got y'all hit like a really good groove at a certain point. Like I listened to that um, freshman class episode, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I kind of like dabbled in like a couple episodes, and then I finally got back into listening to full episodes after that. And yeah, I feel like y'all just hit like a good groove. I think that you chose 
good guests, like good people to have on that have like, you know, a lot of good insight that makes it actually interesting to listen to rather than just like hearing people bullshit for two hours. You know, it's like a, thanks. It's because we have clout. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> I the think clout the word you're looking for is clout. Yeah, <laughs> clout. But yeah, no, I think I think uh, it's a it's a cool thing going, and that's coming from someone who like. I don't know. The only podcast I listen to related to music besides this is like lead singer syndrome, you know, with like Shane told from Silverstein, like, yeah, and that, and I, and I like get more bored of that more quickly than I do of, of this. So, so that's, uh, that's my take. Good podcast. Not, I'd, I'd give it an 8.5 out of 10 for the year. Uh, Solid B plus. Sick. Um, I have like some personal some personal notes about my relationship with the podcast to get to. So Kyle, you want to go first? Oh God, um, I I I think this has been like a proving year for the podcast. I mean, I know the majority of the podcast has, has come out this year, but I think like I think we also hit a hit a good run of episodes, and honestly, a lot of that is like guests. Um, but we've like gotten further out there than I honestly i'm like comfortable with um so it's been like, <laughs> it, it's it's been fun experiencing that um but i like we have we have we have found a very nice and dedicated listenership and i love interacting with them just as much as producing the podcast you know it's just as fun between episodes as it is when we're putting out an episode and that's basically been everything i've wanted from the podcast is to cultivate you know little little circle and shit that people can like put us to task on too like i love having feedback that's fucking sick and uh i can only hope that we grow upon that in 2019 yeah um so the early part of 2018 i was going through like a lot of a lot of rough stuff i was like, like getting off of some substances and uh, dealing with some internal and family strife and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I came to like feel like this pot, like every every time I record this podcast, it was just like this way of, it was, it was like a, a way of finding catharsis, you know? Like I would just uh, record an episode with Kyle and it, it would just, it would always be like so effortless while we were doing it. And, um, really i really like love the process of finding a guest and um (laughs) hanging out with them getting to know them becoming friends with them over the course of two hours or so and like i said like like kyle said like cultivating the following has been amazing and i i feel like i've actually made like some friends like through our listenership which is really cool um and then i guess towards the end of the year i started feeling like a little bit of burnout like i started feeling like uh I I was not a very good host and podcasts would kind of like be better off without me but the past couple episodes I've you know I've come around I feel like uh I, f- I feel like I I found my my love for hosting again and you know I I really enjoy having this podcast be uh as big a part of my life as it is I'm I'm really happy with what we've done I am really excited to see if we will continue to grow uh in 2019 Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will say Ellie, you, I think, I feel like you and Kyle have a very good dynamic as, as hosts together. So I, I really wouldn't be the same without you. 
So here's for your sure. external validation. <laughs> oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> that's, what that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I think that's something that, like, we... I don't even know if we consciously worked on having a dynamic or... I mean, like, literally, like, we had no relationship before the podcast. <laughs> literally zero. Zero. That's kind of wild, actually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Ellie, definitely, like, you, you know, like, this is your spot. <laughs> and, like, I don't think anyone could take it or i mean like take it or even like come into it uh-huh. thanks kyle yeah and like i don't even feel like i need to say anything about like without you this podcast would not exist like period not just because you edit it but like your your role is like so foundational to it that i i feel like it would be very impossible to continue uh even if even with hosts as able as claudio and elliot (laughs) (laughs) well i i don't know i i I fucking love doing it it's never felt like a chore i mean like there's like there was that time where we went like over a month without uploading i was like that's the worst feeling i felt in a while but yeah yeah um uh, i thought it would be corny nice to say how was your personal 2018 um (laughs) I, I don't know. I feel like, and this is corny, but, like, I felt like I've done, like, a marathon's worth of growing this year because, like, everything kind of changed for me. Like, I've, I have, I have like, a, a new job that's, like, demanding and it's, like, doing something I've always wanted to do. Um, and I'm, like, doing it. And then I changed roles within that company and I'm doing something I never thought I would ever be doing. Um, and that's weird. And then I all of a sudden I'm in two bands this year that I got asked to join within like three days of each other and i said yes to both of them and like i'm extremely invested in them and then this podcast has been just like growing and uh i uh i had a huge not like a huge breakup but like some i had someone move out of my apartment and then i started living by myself and that was wild and then just so I'm not, I don't know how much I'm going to say that out, but like I've had so many close calls on like relationships that that have almost started, and like I've been like doing a lot of reflecting on that. I was like, that's so fucked up. Like I don't know, but it's like a lot of good and a lot of bad, and like I don't know. I think it's just in like the corniest way possible. It's just setting me up for like a really good 2019, and I've never felt that way about like being optimistic about like another year. Because I don't fucking put, like, any stake in that shit. But I feel like everything has just been kind of, like, setting up for the next year. Hell yeah. I feel... I feel like, honestly, Stars Hollow is, like, the best part of my year. Just because, like... I don't know. I put out art that I worked really hard on in my bedroom for, like, a year. And, you know, people liked it. And it made me feel, like, super good. And so I just dove into, like... I don't know, managing the band from like a bit business perspective because I take care of all that. I took care of all the booking. I take care of like everything. So it was just very, very like self-validating throughout the year to just be like, hey, you can do this like yourself. Like you're capable of doing these things. Um, my job, I like I started a new position like literally like a week ago I started training and it's like it pays a lot better. So my life is going to be like easier, which I'm really excited about. Nice. Um I started going to therapy because I was diagnosed with like an anxiety disorder that I'd been ignoring for like six years. And so I finally like am getting like a hold on that and like figuring out like why those things are happening and like why I react the way I do to things sometimes and how I can like be better. And that's like really exciting for me just because I feel like for a long time it was just like 
I don't know what to do to be better and to like, I don't know, better myself. And now I know I have a direction and I know why it's happening. So I don't know. It's been a pretty cool year in that sense. And I just feel like I've made a lot of friends through music that are going to turn out to be like lifelong friends, you know, mm-hmm. which is rare because sometimes like music relationships feel like superficial and it feels like it's just like for appearances sometimes but i feel like i've befriended people who like actually care about like what i'm doing and who care about me as a person um yeah so it's been it's been a cool year not the best year of my life but definitely like it's it's up there you know better than 1999 probably but (laughs) worse than 2013 so you know um the first half of this year was like i said before was just like really really awful for me but you know since i basically like my year is kind of divided into two halves there's the shit half and then there's the half that started after i moved to austin and you know moved i moved in with my girlfriend i um i don't know perhaps by the time i'm like 99 percent certain that by the time this episode comes out i will be like officially engaged um so so I might, uh, I might have to bleep that out. Is what you're saying? You might, you might have to bleep that out. But if it's if it's not bleeped out, I will be engaged to Dina, who is uh, my girlfriend that I mentioned on the podcast a lot. She is, uh, yeah, she's outwardly like the normie pop punk girl to like my scruffy hardcore kid skate rat. But you know, she's the one who listens to page ninety nine <laughs> while I listen to like the first all time low LP. So um, beautiful. I love I love her more than I ever like i i i felt like i didn't really like understand what love was before this relationship and it's like the exact opposite of every off relationship that i've ever been in and and means a lot to me and i you know i've made a lot of really excellent friends this year uh people who like like tyler said care about like my well-being and um i feel will stick around for a long time um and i started getting professionally published in no echo which is huge for me because music journalism is the career that I've always wanted uh, since I was like in middle school, which, you know, I'm really close to having that happen, which is insane and really happy about that. So here's the 2019 being fucking solid. As soon as I quit my goddamn awful job. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. We have tackled a huge episode. So the only thing left to do is drop our ads. You can find this podcast on Twitter at the world renowned at the e word podcast that's also the handle on instagram you could email us at the email or you can email us at the e word pod at gmail.com um you could follow me on instagram at nothing feels gucci and i am a new boy on twitter i am at one eight hundred two underscores hell no (laughs) (laughs) you're the master of fucking screen names I've decided. <laughs> you know, your handles are always A plus. Thank you. Where can people find your uh, masterful Twitter handles, etc.? Oh, uh, I'm on Twitter at you don't need maps. Um, I I made an Instagram like two years ago. Uh, I'm at you don't need maps. If you feel like following me, even though I never post, some people have like searched me from <laughs> just like assuming I'd be there, and they're right. Um, <laughs> Tumblr, you don't need maps.tumblr.com for as long as that's around, but I don't know. Uh, I post cle- clearly all I do is post porn, so I might be shut down soon. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't need maps.wordpress.com. Uh, you can find my writing professionally published on No Echo. Uh, and 
Uh, you can friend me on Facebook, facebook.com slash you don't need maps if uh, that is your bag. And that's generally one of the areas in which I communicate with people best through like Facebook Messenger. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. My So, Stars Hollow, everything is like whatever website slash Stars Hollow IA. Um, so, yeah, Bandcamp, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything is just that. We nailed that down pretty solid. Um, personally, I just like deleted my Twitter that I used super actively and like started a new one that's a little bit like, I don't know less followers basically i was getting stressed out about having too many followers which is like a dumb thing to complain about but like the twitter version of a finsta then it kind of <laughs> sort of except it's not really like i'm not posting anything that like i wouldn't want people to see i just like like the feeling of just like oh this is my twitter and like i can let whoever see it but if anyone wants to follow me on that yeah you, you just have to you know be approved but uh my at is irrevocable mfr Glockamora. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that. And then, um, yeah, I think that's it because I don't want anyone else to find me on anything else. So, sick. So that's it. But thanks for thanks for having me on on the podcast, y'all. I I was uh, fingers crossed, hoping that it would happen, and then it did. So I'm I'm stoked. We were fingers crossed, hoping it would happen. Honestly, like yeah, I. I was starting to get jealous because, like, yeah, like Claudio and Liam were on, and then Rye was on, and I was like, okay, cool, like this, this is what I am. This is, <laughs> I'm just here, like, but but now I'm here. I'm part of the club. I'm part of the cool kids club. You are. You're in our clique. Um, I'm gonna be transparent and say I'm coming out of this episode with a with a strong platonic crush on you, Tyler. A plush. Oh, th- <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I I think I think I definitely have like a poly poly crush on on both of you it's a Aww. it's a good it's a good situation i'm i'm glad we're all so in love with each other can i can i stay in the pod yeah yeah I'm, honestly, why not yeah <laughs>